It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy, Alex, and Jason are here. Is a new MacBook Air 15-inch coming in a couple of months. We'll talk about the Mac OS and iOS update that just came out yesterday and why you really should run and get it. Then Jason will review the new HomePods. He's got them. It's all coming up next on Mac Break Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 857, recorded Tuesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2023. Appleback. This episode of Mac Break Weekly is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring for your team? Despite current headlines, several industries like hospitality and healthcare are heading for a hiring boom, no matter what industry you're in. If you need to hire, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak and try it for free. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we cover the latest Apple news, of which there's very precious little. Jason Snell sitting next to me. He's here. Hi. Hi. I'm here. How you doing? I'm the problem. It's me. No, I should really, honestly, it's great to be here. I haven't been here since my first show as a regular. Uh, quite frankly, I should be here more often. You live I'm like just lazy. next door. It's it's less, it's like a half an hour away. Oh, okay. So. I, I, I need to get out of my story. garage. Thank yeah. you for giving me an excuse to go outside. <laughs> but how's your dog? Is Maisie going to be all right? Oh, uh, she's, you know, she, we leave her uh, for okay. a few hours at a time and she can handle it. So she'll be, be okay. Part of She'll a, be okay. I've separated her from the cats. I don't want to create anxiety or anything. Because <laughs> the cats will beat her up. Jason wrote a uh, shortcut to set, to insert stuff right into our show notes. Our show notes. As a result, you have doubled, which thank you, I thank you. Doubled the number of things in the show. And he put a lot of stuff in there too. We were pacing over each other. We're trying to help because we have to pitch in, Leo. We all have to pitch in in these times, times of, of, need. Of, of, of famine. News famine. News famine. <laughs> That's Andy Anako. WGBH's answer to, uh, I don't know. Question. Each. Each news story according to his need. Each news story according to his I was going to say Cliff Clavin. Whatever. Would that would that did that work? I wouldn't I I wouldn't really like that. Not particularly. <laughs> um, That's why I stopped. I but mean, I you're thought, the you're the you're the head of the show, but I mean, I will you know I am loyal. But he's like a correct a correct click click. I think, I think he's GBH's answer to you. I think technically that's really that's actually the answer. You know who's you know really Cliff Clavin? I, I, I have enough trouble. GPT I, is Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin. Yes, yeah. very confident. Confidently wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Hello. Hello. Good to see you. Jason, if, if, if you consider double dipping, like you could just get, you can get, uh, you can start driving for DoorDash. And so like every oh, yeah. time like Twit like phones in their lunch order, you could be the one who picks it, it up and drives it in. Yeah. If you guys need anything from Marin County, just let me know before I get here and I'll, I'll bring it up. <laughs> just pick it we up. We imported this from Marin so County. So you want me to go to Donut Alley, bring in some donuts in <laughs> Larkspur? I can do that. Sure. I want you to bring Ben Affleck. Did you see his Dunkin' ads? Wait a minute. Before I do that, let's say hello to Alex Lindsay. Pittsburgh Hello, Steelers Dan. fan and uh, yeah. main mensch at officehours.global, 090.media for his day job. I like the Ben Affleck. In fact, I went and, you know, it worked because it, it made fun. me go to YouTube and watch all the other outtakes of Ben pretending to be a Duncan employee. It was funny. I think it's funny how many ads now are 
they put a bunch of other ads or longer versions of all the ads on YouTube. Yeah, because it's seven million dollars for half a minute of the Super Bowl. So yeah, exactly. So they make a five so you, minute ad, and they 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 keep the rest for. And if they can drive you to 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 YouTube, I think that that's like a big win. It's way stickier. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge win. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We've reached the point QR where codes. I can no longer tell the difference between real Super Bowl ads and parody Super Bowl ads. I know. Because they ran the Netflix ad for that Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie, which is about Nike signing Michael Jordan and starting the Air <laughs> Jordan shoes. I think that's going to be a good movie. I, well, yeah, but I sat there for the entire run of that ad thinking, this is a parody, right? This yeah. is a joke, right? This isn't a real movie, yeah. right? And then as it was going, I'm like, oh, I guess it really is a movie, but like, I can't tell anymore. I guess that's yeah. a movie. No, my 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 thing is like now that they're so desperate that it used to be enough to air the air the ads. Then it used to be enough to like put them on YouTube a few days or a week before. Now, like a month before, I'm seeing like a really stupid news story of a what seems like a manufactured controversy about M and M's, and I'm like, wait a minute, they're setting up some stupid I think that's real marketing thing for. Oh God, it was. But but immediately I'm like, I refuse to click on any of these links in my newsfeed. I refuse to use anything like this. This is clearly them trying to manipulate me, and I will not be manipulated by these specific people on this specific occasion. That that one I was I was amazed at because we've talked about this. For, I mean, in what I do, we've talked about the idea of building you know one month, two month build ups to a Super Bowl ad for years, and no one's really done it very well. And this one I don't think was perfect. It didn't, but it's gotten the closest that I've seen where you're setting something up for and we were talking about then you use instagram and youtube and you know twitter and all these things to kind of build up towards something and then you fade it out and do something else for the next one over but but i thought that this, i thought when i saw the the ad at first i was like what are they doing and then i was like uh, same with andy i was like oh i get it <laughs> you know what we didn't see on sunday uh, any crypto ads Strange. <laughs> you know, the, Did the, word, happen? The, the irony was so thick, though. I mean, the FTX, in my opinion, the FTX bat ad from last year or the year before. Was a great ad. Last year. Great ad. The best ad I've My favorite ad, other than maybe the Apple ad, is my favorite ad ever is the Larry David one. Yeah. The two and a half minute version <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, that one drove is, into YouTube, didn't it? Yeah. It, oh, it was like a 30 second ad was good, but the, 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 the full ad was just hilarious. And, uh, the fact that the, the whole ad is about FTX is going to be fine. You know, like it's just normal, <laughs> like like the wheel or like other things like that. It turns out that and then I, I realized there. Ah, there he is saying. Yeah. Were, here's the best part. They're suing Larry David right. you know, for the money. Right. Except here, here's what his he's lawyer is going to say. Win that, one. that in the commercial. He told he says, you. Ah, I don't think it's going to work. He was right. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Yeah. So there there was only there were only two QR codes in the Super Bowl. Well, there are more than that. I saw more. This year, there were two. Oh, yeah. No, I think there are more. There Marketing was, um, Daily says there was Limit Break and Michelob Ultra. Well, the problem is that you also have people buy ads on local markets. Oh, you saw local and ads. And they roll oh, them right, in. Right, yeah. And so it's hard to get a, an exact right, number. This is in the national scope of things. <laughs> I got the, the um, my, uh, my brother has a golf, my brother runs, the family has a golf course. He runs the golf course. And you can buy cable ads locally and you know they just kind of randomly get inserted sometimes you know into these things and he had one of the ads for his golf course inserted into the super bowl and and he said that the phone started ringing like you know is that there the phone's like and it would just ring every time you put it down like he said well, if you don't think advertising works wow <laughs> he goes, i've never and that was like, a local was a, that wasn't even that, that was, was a local ad million. and he said every time i put the phone down it just rang and, and people are just watching one just picking people it up are, you know said, like, i think maybe the last great national place we all yeah. can watch at the same time right it shows million, why i don't know 
sports rights are valuable too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like this is why sports rights. Notice, this is why everybody overpays for sports no, rights. Notice who was sponsor of the pregame show was YouTube to promote the fact that they have Sunday ticket. Yeah, and they had a good ad too, which was very simple. Which was, do you know how to watch YouTube? Then you can get. You don't have to put a satellite dish on your roof anymore. You can get NFL Sunday ticket. If <laughs> that you was know the how big line, YouTube. right? You yeah. don't need a satellite I, anymore. Yeah, because yeah. and I watched TV it. Deal. I watched the game through YouTube TV, and I thought it looked great. Yeah, they had you 4K, know. didn't they? Fox. Yeah, yeah they did. Up, yeah. Upscaled 1080p, but still looks better. Well, the HDR actually really tell the color, the color and the, the bright whites. It yeah. looks really great. Yeah. I, uh, and made, I think it was it made actually me throw my TV out. Actually, <laughs> that's right. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a very expensive Super Bowl for you. I think, it was. <laughs> After I that, think, I, I think said, it I'm actually, getting a better TV. <laughs> I, th- I think it actually was 4K all the way through. Yeah, on this one. Oh wow! So. Well, you know, when 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 your phone is actually technically the best screen in the house, <laughs> that's a bad is that sign. so stupid? And it probably yeah, is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, my, my iPad Pro screen is truly the best screen in the house. I've been doing accurate. I, I, exactly. I've, I've been using. Uh, I have not not terrible screens like uh, big screens uh, hooked up to, to my desktops here, but only when like I use the my iPad Pro as like an external display is when I realize that oh maybe I should be dragging my Photoshop <laughs> my Photoshop window into there and just using the using the big like twenty seven inch screen yeah. just for for palettes and stuff. Does that's, anybody that's remember? Odd. So one of the two QR codes nationally was something called limit break does anybody remember that ad do you remember what they were do offering with the qr code scan for access to an nft promoting a oh, game it, called digi daiguku boy so here's the funny thing is Waste that seven link, million. I, I build i build qr codes a lot so anytime someone puts a qr code up i go to it because i have to i want to see what it does and how it works and yeah. everything else and that one actually went to the Twitter account, at least when I did it, it went to the Twitter account of the CEO of the company that, see if it does it for you, but it, it could be changed over time. But the Yeah, no, it goes to the, it's to the Twitter. And how many followers does he have and now? And he says, follow to win. Yeah, and so he, he has one million followers now, so that worked. He had, when I hit it, he had about 800,000, so he added like 150,000 yesterday, um, or, and maybe he was less than that at the beginning of the day, but... But the um, so there was that there was the animal control had one, um, you know, because he just talked the whole time about animal, con- you know, the, the actor talked about that. I know that there were more. There was there was okay. a, I saw at least three or four of them. Oh, yeah, that's OK. Maybe Marketing Daily missed it. It's it's a tricky thing to do to do QR codes in 30 seconds because you have to persuade. Well, don't we tell people the time. not to scan QR codes at random? Yeah. Is that risky or no? Trust it. I think people trust it. At a, if they're probably saying seven million dollars, it's in the Super a Bowl. People that checked it. Yeah, there's, there's probably some agreements about what that QR code can do. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't I, worry about it as much there as I would other yeah. places. But but also means that there's a certain amount of desperation to uh, to harvest as much data, as valuable resellable yeah, data no as kidding. possible to offset the cost of that. No kidding. It's it it may be har- harvesting the data or just in in the case of the twitter account harvesting just people that are you're going to you're going to get to come back to again so he's now got another 200,000 people that he can at least reach um you know after the ad you 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 make that impression but you don't remember like there was there was another one that i saw that oh, we were excited cuz um uh mr beast was on in, in one of the ads the, the one with the flag football uh, oh, Mr. Beast was in that. There were a lot of people yeah, he in was, that ad. You might have missed. There were a lot of people in it, but yeah. but 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 Jimmy's in it, right? But he goes he goes. Uh, uh, the Mr. Beast is is there when um, she runs by, and he goes, "I missed it," you know, and and he's that's that's Mr. Beast. <laughs> so so anyway, um, but all of us remembered that Mr. Beast was in it, but none of us could remember what the ad was about. 
It was <laughs> yeah. flag football, right? Yeah, that, that, was, football. that was just basically was it just a flag PSA. Football? It was a PSA. Because okay. it's the fastest growing girls sport in America, I think, is yeah, flag I don't really. football. Do you, was it the flag manufacturers of America? I mean, it was the NFL. Who's, who's the, promoting It's the NFL, oh, the NFL because NFL. they want so to push it. It's like PR. Yeah, because the Pro Bowl is flag football. Yeah. They're, they're promoting Because you know what? They realize at some point. The, the, the NFL may be flag football, too. The NFL is going to have to be, because it's <laughs> well, too dangerous. I, I think the, the other thing is a huge part of people who watch football are people who used to play football. And so if more women play football, then they're going to more uh, likely to watch football. you smart? You know, even if they're not, not playing the contact version. So they're like a marketing the generation of football players. Right. right. So watch out, pickleball. Pickleball's oh, next. Oh, you said, you said next. the word. I won't, I won't play a game called Pickleball. Sport of the future. It's a sport of the now for people no, over a certain me. age. Excuse me. That's, 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 that's kickboxing, Jason. I think you're going to work kickboxing. Reference sport of the future. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Stories about Apple. Okay. Did you get the update? You should. Uh, all of the stuff, all those stuff was updated. Mac OS, uh, iOS, iPad OS, I don't know if TV OS and watch OS were too, but the, it was a WebKit, a serious WebKit flaw. This is the uh, the CVE for macOS Ventura 13.2.1, which came out, I think, yesterday. Impact. There's a WebKit flaw. Processing maliciously crafted web content may lead to oh, oh, arbitrary code execution. Apple is, and this is the worst part, aware of a report that this issue may have been actively exploited. In other words, a zero-day WebKit, that's about as bad as you can get. That means you go to a website <laughs> and it's uh, maliciously crafted and they own your uh, thing. <laughs> so. Your Apple device. Your Apple device is what I was going to say. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. You, you, uh, it also is an important fix for those who are having some library issues with uh, Final Cut Pro. So um, oh. there's, some, there's some fixes that are hidden in there that a lot of folks on the Twitterverse have been talking about that uh, that it fixes some problems that we've been having with big libraries and and some external uh, external plugins that that have had some issues. So iOS sixteen dot three dot one as well as iPad OS sixteen dot three dot one and Safari is updated on uh, older versions of Mac OS to support this. I guess TV OS went to sixteen three two. Watch OS to 931. Mm -hmm. All of that yesterday. Happy mm -hmm. Valentine's Day for Apple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, so in a, I think, though, the point being, do it. <laughs> Except yeah. if you're using Google Photos, then maybe don't do it. Actually, I've had no, you know, I thought, oh, my God. And I, because I had updated everything, I went to Google Photos. Everything seems to be running. I don't know if Google fixed its Photos app or... Something happened. Have you tried? I haven't. Try on your iPhone, somebody. Just supposedly it crashes Google Photos. If you're a Google, this is a new version of Google, Google Photos is now available. So I guess go, ah, Google then pushed their own update to fix it. They pushed an update it. to fix it. Okay. So if you have it's that like, problem. Um, I don't know why she swallowed the fly. You just keep updating things to update other things to update other things oh, to stop all yeah. the crashes. That's good because otherwise Tim Cook might have been in the in the awful position of once again having to say when people complain about it that we'd really like to see him move all those Google Photos over to Apple Photos. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have the problem to begin with, and I mm. do have the updated now Google Photos, and I still don't have the problem. So that's good all around. Great, that's right. Um, I'm not sure. We don't know. Google hasn't said uh, they did put out a fix, but they haven't said what the fix. <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have used that WebKit zero day flaw. <laughs> oh, you know it could be, couldn't it? <laughs> 
It says is uh, I'm sure Google Photos has to use WebKit to render. We shouldn't have had ChatGPT render our create our code for creating for updating Google Photos. That was just a mistake. Damn that it. was an own goal. Damn it. Yeah. Apple has gotten better at releasing these uh, security-based software updates faster. They're they, good. They They're good. Yeah. Well, especially when it's, it. it's a zero day, that's important. Mm -hmm. They had reports that it was being exploited. Uh, and that sounds to me, generally, that sounds like a zero-click exploit because it's a web page. WebKit renders it. They have now rooted your device. That's pretty bad. So something to be aware of. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's safe to update to uh, 1631 if you are a Google Photos user now. Just get the latest Google Photos as well. Well, that's our show. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for joining. It's been great to no, be there's here. Other, there's other news. It's mostly, you know, rumor-like. How about this? Uh, Mark Gurman says the 15-and-a-half-inch MacBook Air is a coming next month or April, I guess, early April. Is that next month? March, April. No, two months yeah. from now. Was this, I yeah, think I mean, this was Ross Young, the display analyst, actually. Oh, was it not uh, Gurman? And, and he knows because he knows that they're making the panel, right? They, he knows the specs of the panel that's being manufactured for the display, and that's the giveaway, right, is is they know it's not a MacBook Pro display. They know it's not an iPad display. It's a MacBook Air display, but it's in this larger size, 15, what, 0. 0.5, 15.3. It's, a, a, it's like a large – they're basically going to do a large print edition <laughs> – of the MacBook Air, and I think that's great because right now, if you want a bigger than MacBook Air screen on a Mac laptop, you got to pay two grand. This is strange from Apple Insider. The new MacBook Air might also receive a Mag Three connector for charging, as opposed to charging by a USB C port. But the M2 MacBook Air has a uh, MagSafe. Yes, it it already so does. Are they confused. There's, they are confused. I see that a lot where people forget that the M2 MacBook Air exists <laughs> because uh -huh. they are still they selling them. It. The M1 MacBook Air, but right. I assume this is going to look like the M2 MacBook it's Air. It's an M2 with and now this can't possibly be an M. Three? No. No. Three nanometers. No. I heard somebody say a three nanometer, maybe. No, it'll, no. It'll, it's just going to it's gonna be literally no. like the one that I've got here. Only bigger. M2 Air, only bigger so that you can get more screen. And otherwise, I imagine the specs will be exactly the same. The, the dots per inch will stay the same, too, right? I think so. It's, when you said the large print edition. Large print edition has scared me. No, like, I, I, imagine, I, I imagine it'll have more resolution than this display. Yeah. I, I remembering the old iBook. Do you remember that? There was a, the large iBook that had the literally same pixel count as the smaller iBook. That would iBook. be bad. That would be bad, but I don't think that's what's going to be here. I think this idea here is that everything else is the same, but it's got a screen with more pixels and more size. So Because, you know, not everybody likes a 13-inch display. So having a 15-plus-inch display is a great option. So this was Ross Young in a tweet to super followers. Mm -hmm. I don't understand Twitter anymore, so I don't know what that means. But <laughs> It's like a newsletter, but on Twitter. But you pay for it. Mm -hmm. So he is uh, he's on the supply chain, and he knows that... In fact, he said that this would happen last year. He said it would happen in the spring. Yeah. And then he said in his tweet to super followers... They're making them. That they're actually uh, yeah. ma manufacturing started this month, product launching in April. That sounds that's, about right. And it's a pretty clever way of figuring out what a company that doesn't pre-announce its products is doing, is looking at yeah. the supply yeah. chain and saying, this this thing has to be from Big MacBook Air, and they just started rolling them off the assembly line. And we know from Tim Cook, right? Like, Tim Cook is not somebody who stores boxes full of tens of thousands of <laughs> if parts they're making it. somewhere. They're Th making those it. are going just yeah. in time to an Apple factory where they're being assembled together because that's how Apple makes products. Ming-Chi Kuo had said last year that there would be a 15-inch in late 2023. It would be called a MacBook instead of a MacBook Air. I, I mean, think maybe. 
That's Maybe. marketing. I guess it's still possible. It's just a name. They don't even put the name on it anymore, right? It's just... Uh, there's no name on yours? I don't, I don't think so. Underneath? No. no there's no nowhere. more etched? No, there's nothing. On the Pros, there are, but not on the MacBook Air. So, uh. it wouldn't, yeah, they could call it MacBook or or whatever they wanted. MacBook Studio or MacBook they make up a name. something else. They can make up what a name. What do you all think of the rumor that that's the last Mac Studio, that that was just an interim product and that they're never going to make another one again? I hope not. I, that would be very disappointing. I, I thought the Mac one. Studio was an. I did. I bought two. One for me and one right? for Lisa. I thought it was a very nice machine. I I kind of believe the speculation that it might be in every other with the Mac Pro that they'll do a Mac Studio every other generation and a Mac Pro if you every have other a Mac generation. Pro and a Mac Studio. That's there's kind of overlap in the line. Yeah, yeah. the Mac Pro is going to be way more expensive though. Yeah, I think that I think that there's there is a. It does seem like there's an overlap. You know where there's the iPad, the the Mac Mini Pro overlaps the studio but doesn't have the fan and doesn't have you know some of the io and i don't think that's going to change in that form factor that's the mini though then there's the mini there's the mini then you have the studio then you have the studio studio with a giant fan and a big fan which makes a big difference on more extended uh production yeah and then you would have the pro and i think the thing the pro adds is external cards um more more modularity um, those types of things will most likely be what we see under the pro. So I think that there is, I think there's a space for all of those, you know, for the it's Mac It's like Mini. the Mac Break Weekly panel. You're the pro, Jason's the studio, and, and I'm sorry, Andy, but you're the mini. Mini pro. Mini pro. Not mini, mini. Mini pro. Let's be fair. That's, okay, uh, let, let, let's, that's an upgrade from Clavin. Uh, I'm, no, I'm just thinking you're the you're the natural purchaser of the Mini Pro. I would say yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, Snell is the natural purchaser of the studio. I'm leaving guilty. myself out of this. I'm going to get an etch a sketch, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, Alex. Clearly, if anybody's going to buy the Pro, it'd be you, Mister Lindsay. I just the only reason I bought the studio is because I didn't know when the Pro would come out, which yeah. I'm glad I did yeah. because I was waiting for the Pro. I think there's <laughs> yeah, a distinct yeah. audience for the studio, so I hope it doesn't go away. I love the studio. I would not buy a Mac Pro, right? No, like, no. I'm, not, I'm never going to do that. No, no, but I did yeah. shell out for the more powerful studio, and I can fit that in my life. But studio is overkill anyway for most of us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, honestly, even the high end Mini is probably overkill yeah. for most yeah. of us. The Mac, the M2 <laughs> MacBook Air is probably overkill for most of us. That's yeah. where we are now. But yeah. certainly that studio, well, I didn't buy the Ultra, right? Like I, I bought the Max version of the studio too because that, that was... Yeah. I gave Lisa the Ultra because she says, I have to have the fastest. And I said, okay, yeah, you get the Ultra. You'll never, you know, Not that's a, a lot years, of headroom yeah. for you. But uh, if you want it, you yeah. got it. And I got the... I yeah. got the pro. Yeah, I just think some people are not going to buy a giant tower, and and they. It's perfect. So why would you? At first, we thought it was a little fat, yeah. you know, because it's a tall mini. Yeah. But but it's it's just kind of sweet. It's a nice. Yeah. It's a good fit. The, the signature this, this the signature of the studio could could literally be that it's it's double high and it's got it's got a super aggressive cooling. So if you imagine like a future piece of Apple Silicon that is going to be suitable for people who not necessarily in the market for for a Mac Pro, but they want, as you say, all that headroom. So let's make this super, super fast. And now we can't we, we can't make this work inside the Mac Mini form factor. But if we put this huge nuclear power plant cooling tower on top of it, yes, we can get this design, this chip that will fit inside that, that mini desktop form factor. I, I think that I think that we're going to see more of a differentiation with the uh, with the introduction of new uh, CPUs and in the future. And again, even if you could get almost to the same power with the Mac, the Mini Pro, it, it is much better to get the studio at the same price because it is because of the, the heat dissipation, the more I, I, I know that my studio 
all the IO is full all the time. Like, like with my Mac studio, like I, I could use more, you know, at that point. Jason says he, they should have made it a cube. Yeah, I mean, the only way the Mac Studio could be improved is if they just made it taller and called it the We're M1 so close. Cubes. Right so close. Right cubes there. are best. Right. What, so if, what if they just what if they just took like the case moldings for the Mac G4 and basically made it into it. like a make it into like a cluster. So basically you can put them in like a toast like you can oh. stack them in like a oh. like like slices of bread in a bread bag. Nice. And that basically they find each other, they multi and once they oh. find them, themselves Let's in the same container. Rumor. <laughs> let's do it. Let's start a rumor I'm, I'm that a that's the next Mac Pro. Let's do <laughs> no, 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 it. It's right behind yeah. it. There but it is. We, 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 got, we got to put it. We got to so put in the newsletter. We got to put in the newsletter. I loved that cube. I love the cube. Great thing. Yep. But it was plastic. Now you could do it with a, with aluminum. I mean, it had a crunchy metal shell or it's interior. Inside. Yeah, in, inside <laughs> interior. Yeah, exactly. But the plastic on the outside. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They would do it all aluminum now. Squirt if you bit into it. No, I mean, blood would squirt out if you bit into it. Is what would happen. Okay. Uh, no, ladies no, and gentlemen, a, just moving on. Actually, had a, had a, go ahead. Is, is the studio the best Mac for most desktop? Oh, desktop for I people. Mean, I mean, for, no. I think for, the MacBook Air no, is the best was, Mac, right? That's the best Mac. I think so. Certainly the best seller. Yeah. The Air. You got the M2 Air. But I the, don't know. I mean, I, I think I could argue that the iMac is, is the best desktop Mac for people because most people don't need more even than simple. that M1. And yeah. it comes with its own display. And simple. it's really nice. Small, though. It comes in inches. colors. Yeah, but, yeah, but most people, That's all do they, they need? need more than a 24-inch display? Do like, normal people like 24-inch displays? Is that normal? I don't know. Let's ask them. Can you find some? We're Anybody? not here. Mueller? Nope. Anybody? Um, right for mainstream for regular use and when you talk to apple about how that imac gets used it is like in in schools and in in families and uh at hotel lobbies and all sorts of weird places where it is but it's just sort of like uh hey i just need a computer on a desk can you get me that i I don't want to plug in a display i don't want to do any of that i just can you do that and that even even today that m1 imac is going to do everything they need and they don't do a 27 because it would be more expensive People not want bigger screens? Apple seems to have come to the opinion that the 27, people who are buying a 27-inch display a should probably buy an external display and Get then the attach a computer to it. Yeah. And a Mac Mini, yeah. which would cost like a lot of money, right? That's 1500 bucks plus whatever, eight or 900 that we're talking about. It would be more sort of than a 27-inch 27 27 inch iMac, yeah. although you could then replace the computer a few right. years down the road and keep right. the display. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of one of the advantages is that I know that for this in Rwanda, when we first built a school, we built them all with IMAX. And the real problem we had is anytime you had to fix them, it was like expensive and yeah. cumbersome and everything else. They're I pretty, we're, but not We're looking practical. at getting another set of them and they're yeah. all going to be Mac minis. They're like you know, the poodles that, you know, of gonna, computers. Yeah. So I, I think in, that we, not practical. I'd much rather Don't have shed. not pay for the screen, only pay for the screen Don't once shed. or that's be true. able to replace the screen or that type of thing. Jason got his home pods. I did Gen Two. I had I had a Sonos One, an original HomePod, a new HomePod, and a HomePod Mini all lined up in a row. Oh, Stereo pairs to see up, how they sound lined up in both sides of my office. I oh, had the you did a test I did the whole thing, and the answer is the problem is not how they sound. <laughs> okay, what's the problem? The problem is everything else. The problem is that AirPlay is not reliable, that Siri is not reliable, and that the stereo pair system that they built is not reliable. Oh, no. That's disappointing. So, uh, you know, in the end, would I recommend HomePods to my friends who are super techie and care about sound? Yes, because they sound good. They sound really good. They sound 
about the same as the old ones. They're not. They're not the same. They sound different. They but have fewer tweeters. Yeah. Although the actually the high end actually sounds I think more clear than in the first generation. It's a little less bassy than the first generation. But in the end, if if somebody snuck into your house and swapped the old ones out for the new ones, uh, most people would never notice. They look the same essentially. They sound ish, same ish, not the same, but same ish. The problem is that you you know in all of my testing of all these things. I kept on having like one of them didn't play, oh. or but it was still on and it would still respond oh. to the sounds. They were but stereo pairs, but only stereo the, play. One only channel. one plays. I pr- press pause. I play it again. Now two play. Then I oh. pause. Then I play it again. Now one play. And I tested it on Mac. I tested it on uh, AirPlay from an iPad, from an iPhone. I tried it right on the device. Uh, just super super unreliable. The old one wasn't particularly reliable either. This isn't new. This has been a problem with the HomePod stuff from the beginning. Siri, you know, people like to beat up on Siri. The problem with Siri is not that it can't be good. It's that it's not reliable. That sometimes I get answers back from Siri almost immediately or it'll play something almost immediately. And then other times it just spins forever uh, doesn't understand me, doesn't know what to do, or or it, or it identifies what I want to play and then it hands it off to Apple Music and Apple Music just sort of doesn't play it. So I, I think it's just a fundamental problem with Apple's whole kind of smart home infrastructure here that they've made a really good sounding speaker, but like it's just I would never inflict this on one of my friends who's not in the tech industry who's just like, hey, Jason, I'm looking for some smart speakers. What should I get? And I'm like, uh I, I could never uh, recommend them a stereo pair of HomePods. Interesting. Now, my yeah. Apple TV is always saying, come on, you want to use those HomePods for speakers, right? I say, no, I have speakers. But it set, keeps saying it. Is it a good uh, choice for a, for a TV, Apple TV? I, I mean, maybe. Maybe. I haven't, I haven't that tried that in a little while. The problem is, yeah, the problem is when the Apple TV is driving the, driving the stereo pair, is it reliable or not? Right. Uh, and then the other challenge is like, is it laggy? You're, bother me. You're worry. you're setting up a stereo pair. You're getting a stereo out. Like I I have a 5.1 right. system. Like you get the center channel. I really like having the center channel. Right. But you could do it. I mean, there's an, there's some options there. If you're playing video games, you shouldn't do it because you're gonna even though it will route your audio from your TV back into the Apple TV and out to the home pods, um, you're gonna introduce some lag there. And yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend yeah, that. Bluetooth is a little bit laggy. Yeah, airplane. it may be doing Wi-Fi direct. I don't even know exactly what yeah, it's doing know. there. Yeah. Anyway, like they sound good, but I feel like everybody who writes about how they sound is kind of missing the fact that they're just not reliable. You know, come to think of it, my uh, minis, every once in a while, one of the channels. Right? It's so, I mean, they've had these products out there for like five years yeah. now, and the stereo pair stuff still is... It's the same thing. It just... Yeah, sometimes I will... Over the years, since because I've had a HomePod since the beginning and a stereo pair in my house, I, I will say, why do they sound so weird? And it's almost always because one of them has just stopped playing audio until I plug them, unplug them both, plug them back in, and then usually one, it'll come back. But it just happens. They're, they're not unplugged. They're, not, they're still on the network. They're still visible. It still thinks it's a stereo pair. <laughs> but one of them just is like, yeah, I'm taking to the, to it the day off. It might be hard to do. It might be hard I to do. I think it is hard to do. I mean, it, other well, speakers, it, do other speakers do a better job of it? Um, I think no. Sonos's stuff does a better job of okay. it and is more reliable, yeah. I have to admit, I'm so bitter about the way the Sonos handled their amp, which I have a lot of. <laughs> that I just, like, they just abandoned it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, like I just, I was like, okay. Did you, you pushed this review yesterday on sixcolors.com. Yeah. Did, they did do an update yesterday on the HomePods. So, 
Yeah, but I think that was the security update. Was, I, I was updated to the latest versions. I don't think that this problem that's okay. been outstanding for all this all this time suddenly got fixed yesterday. Well, mine um, come tomorrow. I so. did update it to <laughs> last week's updates. Before I bought it. And, <laughs> you know, if it works, well, yeah, but you know about troubleshooting. I think that's what I came back to is like conventional computer troubleshooting stuff can handle a lot of this. You yeah. can say, okay, I recognize there's a problem here. I'm going to restart. I'm going to do a HomeKit update. I'm going to unplug you know, them, replug them. You're so right on because Lisa will get just... She's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I said, well, yeah, but you have to, it works, but you have to do this and this and this and this and it'll work. She said, I'm not going to do, I don't know. What yeah. are you, what are you talking no, about? If, if my friend Sean from down the block said, Jason, I want some smart speakers, I'm yeah. not going to recommend, yeah. I'm going to say, do you, are you sure you want smart and speakers? And even if you know how to fix it, it's kind of annoying that you have to fix it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It's so very, it's not it's even, very annoying. Yeah. And it, it, right. it's just an, an airplay. I don't want to just say it's the stereo pair because it's not just that it's like airplay two. Is not really reliable. I do airplay music in my office every day, and like, even there, it 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 sometimes a track finishes and the next track starts to play and no music comes out. And Apple Music thinks it's playing music, but no music is playing. And if I go to the next track, then the music starts playing again. And that's just airplay too. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. They're it's all just a little. A mess. I mean, I have uh, in my uh, bedroom area. Apple's Siri with minis. I have Google and I have Echo. This morning, uh, before I was dreaming peacefully, and all of a sudden, the Star Wars Death March came on. <laughs> Loud. I don't know which speaker. So I just, I'm like, my eyes are closed. I go, dum, 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 dum. And I'm shouting. So I had to shout all three. I said, Sherry, shut up. Echo, shut up. Google, shut up. And finally it stopped. I don't know who it was or which was playing, but it was quite annoying. And I asked Lisa, I said, did you just play the Darth Vader's Death March in my in my in the bedroom? She said, no. Maybe the, maybe the kid did. It might, that was just the kind of joke he might try. Or could it just have randomly done it? Or were you hacked? I was hacked. Did you get hacked? Because that's happened Vader? before. There's one, one of one of, one of I, I love him. One of our uh, chatters, nice guy. Uh, I had to finally block it. Would it, like Happy Valentine's Day, Leo, through my echo. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Don't Kevin, do it. You know who you are. It's okay. I liked it. I appreciate it. But I did finally kind of say nobody should be able to call me. <laughs> no so drop-ins. The best luck I've had. Like, I have some Sonos speakers. The Sonos app talking to the Sonos speakers is more reliable than AirPlay. Uh, the Sonos I like it that it's support- Giancarlo Esposito. Sure, you can I do like that. I like that. He's, um, uh, no, you can't do it. It's his voice. That's the Sonos yeah, voice. Yeah. And, you can't and choose it. It's him. I just don't use the voice for Sonos. Oh. I just use the Sonos app, which isn't very good is the problem, but it is reliable. And Spotify. The app works fine. The Sonos yeah. app also, the Sonos speakers support Spotify Connect, and that's also more reliable. Um, so, you know, the challenge here for Apple is that I just don't think, why did they bring it back? I don't know. What were they thinking? It sounds good. I think that they, I think internally they believe that their software is more solid than it is. I think that's it. Hmm. That's not good. Cause it's not. So would you say, well, no, you said, don't, you said, Steve, don't buy it. Neighbor Steve, don't buy it. Right. But but geek, maybe buy it. Sure. Anybody who is willing to do the, did you pl- did you unplug it and plug it back in? Oh, Anybody God. who knows those sorts of things? Or Lisa. You could, you could figure it out. <laughs> or toggling the AirPlay or getting it back to the right status on your iPhone where you're playing it to the speakers and not to your own 
phone or all of that stuff. If you get through all of that, you can make it work. And it sounds good. It does. And I, you know, I have had them for five years. Yeah, it's she just, has one in her office here and one in her office at home. I don't think she ever uses it. Um, I thought for Valentine's Day, it would be kind of nice to replace the minis mm-hmm. with the full-size ones. So when the cat steps on it, it really blasts yeah, us out. Yeah, that's good. You but, get the bass response. Yeah, then. I get the bass response. Dum, <laughs> dum, 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 bum, 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 bum. <sighs> it, does, it does get really, it does get really tough with with when you're doing streaming uh, to a local to a local speaker over Wi-Fi. Every time that I look, I've I have sometimes have that problem. Every time that I look into other people's experiences, particularly on like professional network administrators boards, because they have all the software and all the tools to like radio scan. They always they always find that there's something nearby on the network that's interfering with whatever line of communication that is being trying to is being tried and set to the speaker. So really, if you don't have unless we have an anechoic uh, uh, RF shielded chamber, it's really hard to test these things out because all you got to do is have somebody who has some quirky piece of hardware, whether it's a brand new subset system from a competing company or a really, really, really old piece of hardware or old microwave. You don't know why it's randomly disconnecting until you upgrade your microwave and then suddenly it goes away and you never notice it. Should we say just uh, if you're going to if you care about sound, you should get wired speakers. Should we say that? Well, they'll be way I, cheaper. I always, they'll be cheaper and they're more reliable. The and they don't become obsolete when the technology changes. You don't have to get version three of your speakers. Or an all-in-one speaker. Like, there are also stereo speakers. Like, Sonos makes the Sonos 5 that is not cheap. We have all, all over the but studio. But it sounds so great. Yeah. And it's all-in-one, so it's not going to, like, one of the speakers, one, one tweeter is not going to go, oh, I've lost the plot right like <laughs> happens with the home pod so there's a lot to be said i still for that. say get wired because certainly never... the wired you can get you can get wired speakers that sound way better than any smart speaker on the market for a fraction of the cost yeah. yes you yeah. have to have uh an uh, amp an amp it's, but it, it, and, and amp and wires and and wires I mean, no like, there, it, there are lots of reasons like was, not to but I mean, depending on your use I'm... case if you just want a, a stereo pair and you can just put them on you know two sides of a table i have with wires, speakers everywhere with wires yeah. and an and, a, and an amp, I, uh, AV I mean, receiver everywhere. I just, that's what I, I strongly prefer wired for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so I, yeah. I I do as little wireless. I do wireless, but I do as little as possible. There are with everything issues. that I do in production and at home and everything else. Um, but I do you know it is convenient. Like we grab that our we have the older HomePod, the bigger one, and we take it everywhere in the house. Like we just kind of move it around as needed and set it down. It is nice. I will say it's convenient to be able to turn it on and just have it sound yeah. good in some room and so there's a i think that there's a, a definitely a place for for both of those um but i think that the wired is is always going to give you if you're really an aficionado you're going to get a wired set of speakers and you might start with stereo and then you and i and i do wish that the home pods had some kind of you know analog in <laughs> like i know that yeah, it sounds crazy for apple but no, it would be I, nice to have like just an eighth for that for that amount of money why not have it yeah, yeah, I have so. been using. I just stopped last year, but I was using an iPod Hi-Fi. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> but it has an aux in, and one. it sounds pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't sound as good as the Sonos Five, but it sounds pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. but it has the aux port in, and and these things, um, you know, Sonos has some speakers that have that plug in, but the Apple stuff yeah. it doesn't. So at some point, if it's not supported by software in some way, they're just um, they're useless, and they're not very versatile because if you've got if you want to run an input into them, you just can't can't do it yeah the five is 549 yeah, it's not cheap speaker it sounds great yeah, yeah. we have it's um, not cheap we have the old moves 
which is nice because in the kitchen, because the moves uh, are portable. So you, you, um, they sit on a charging stand, but you, like Alex was saying, you could just pick them up and, uh, and they're, they're a hundred bucks more than the Apple thing. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're better sounding. I'll put them. I don't think they sound as good. But yeah. they're portable. Know, they're they're ba- they have a battery in there, which is nice. And they do airplay yeah. too. Uh, and did, they I, have Giancarlo uh, Esposito is in there, mm-hmm. the head of Los Pollos <laughs> Hermanos. He doesn't. He's not very smart. He's always saying, "I don't know. I don't know what you want." But <laughs> it's nice because he's in there, and I like him. And maybe it's better if your smart assistant has that attitude, right? It's like, "What? What do you want? What do you want? I'm busy. I'm busy. Here. I don't know. Like, Beat it. I got an empire to run." Uh, let's take a little Gee, break. That sounds like a Jason problem to me. <laughs> <laughs> Say their name. That was my favorite ad. It was the return of uh, of uh, Breaking Bad uh-huh. on, on the Super Bowl. That was at first. I thought, did they just take the old footage and put pop chips in their in or whatever those things are, pop corners yeah. in their hands, or did they shoot all new? Because it looked exactly. It was the same. RV. It looks exactly the same. I guess that RV is in the God, back lot. God somewhere. bless Brian Cranston. He he is so good. He is so game for everything. He he just He's keeps great. shaving his head for right. if they, if if, for if whatever tonight show yeah. gags. Like, you know what? Come on, I'll shave my head. Sure. I'll put yeah. on the plastic sure. pants. We're good. I'm sure. Yep. I'm sure whatever they paid him for a Super Bowl commercial was yeah, worth it. That, well, that too. But it's just like how much does Squarespace pay Adam Driver? Seven million bucks for the ad. But how much do you pay Adam Driver to make the ad? It's right. got to be well. It can't be seven. Could be a lot, though. It could be a million. A million. I mean, it could be a million yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> for, for for what for for him, it's probably it was a day. You know, like it was yeah. probably a day of work. Right. You know, so right. it's not, not a bad payday. No. Yeah. Uh show today brought to you by Zip Recruiter. You know, they talk a lot about. We talk a lot about how hard it is to find people these days. It is. It really is. Uh, there's, you know, but. That's why we use ZipRecruiter. And I tell you what, it works really, really well. Despite what people are saying, you know, despite all the tech layoffs, there are a lot of jobs out there. Unemployment is very low. People are getting hired. But you, when you have an opening in your company, when we have an opening at our company, we want the right person because the company's just, you know, it's made of people. The, the right employee, the right person in that position can take you to the moon, the wrong one could bring the whole company down. If you need to hire, do what we do. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak. Not only that, you can try it for free. We, uh, you know, we're a small company. So when we are down an employee, everybody suffers because everybody's got to pitch in, fill that job, get that work done. That's why Lisa immediately goes to ZipRecruiter. Like Like she gets the, you know, the resignation letter. She goes, okay, we got two weeks. Let's go. Goes right to ZipRecruiter. I've seen this multiple times at breakfast. You go, okay, post in it, pushes the button. It's actually harder to write the job posting than it is to fill it because as soon as you push the button, ZipRecruiter posts it to more than 100 job boards to social. They cast the widest net. The good news is all of those applicants, as soon as they start pouring in, they don't go to your email or your phone. You're not filling your voicemail. They go to the ZipRecruiter interface where it's very easy to screen them with with multiple choice, true, false, even essay questions. To They scan all the resumes into same form, so it's easy to scan through them. You can rank them, rate them. 
hire the right person fast, but then they do something extra special that, to me, makes all the difference in the world. See, people, a lot of job hunters go to ZipRecruiter. That's a, you know, that's they've got more than a million resumes, current resumes. So they use their technology, their matching technology. I like it. They don't call it AI. It kind of is, though, to find the qualified candidates for the job you just posted. So it looks at what you just posted, what the requirements are, looks at those resumes, and says, hey, here's 20 people we think might be right. You look at them. You go, you know what? Those three are fantastic, and you invite them to apply. And I'll tell you every single time, you invite somebody to apply. They're so flattered. They're so happy to be asked. They follow through. They show up. They do the interview, everything. It's really great. They're much more likely to, to, to apply. And you're much more likely to get an employee who's really excited to be there. I think ZipRecruiter is fantastic. She'll post at breakfast by before lunch even. She'll start saying, hey, we, we got a good one. It's like fishing. We got one. I got a bite. And we got, oh, this one's really good. The next one, really even. Oh, and that is a great feeling when you're down a person to know you could hire somebody right now. I love ZipRecruiter. You will, too. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in the first day. Find quality candidates fast. Let ZipRecruiter help you keep your team growing strong Find the right person. That's the key. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak. You can try it for free. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-C-B-R-E-A-K. Just like the show. ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak. We thank him so much for supporting MacBreak Weekly. We thank you for supporting us now more than ever. You really make a difference when you go to that website and you use that particular URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak, because then they go, oh, oh, it works. Just like ZipRecruiter. It works. Thank you, ZipRecruiter. Uh, Apple's having a little trouble uh, manufacturing in India. You know, this is the big thing now. What with balloons and all, we really got to get out of China. <laughs> So <laughs> they started they started with a really big balloon and and then they went to a smaller balloon and we don't sure know I'm, though what those other balloons those they haven't said they're Chinese yet. There's a All bunch we know of science is that kids that are just like oh, yeah, just some kid. You know we launch in the world 1600 weather balloons a day. Hundreds in the US alone. Which is probably why they were filtering them out before this. They didn't the Nora like, didn't want to see them. Nobody's yeah. attacking us with a weather balloon. Or I just turned the gain up a little bit like, uh, let's not pay attention to that. Yeah, exactly. Well, now we know, unfortunately. But that's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is other things. The geopolitical situation, et cetera, et cetera. So Apple has been trying to move out of China. Story in the Financial Times today. Apple's manufacturing shift to India hits stumbling blocks. Under pressure to unwind its China-oriented supply chain. You know, following the COVID disruptions and so forth, Apple has been sending product designers and engineers from California to Ch and China to factories in southern India to train locals. But, you know, and I bet this happened in China when they first started producing uh, phones in China. They're having trouble. A, casing, a casings uh, factory in uh, Hosur run by Indian conglomerate Tata, one of Apple's suppliers, about one out of every two components coming off the production line. Half are good enough to be sent to Foxconn for assembly. Yeah, and 
and they say in that article that there is a goal that more that that it would be zero. I mean, you'd, you'd have a hundred percent, but that doesn't happen on Apple products. Right. <laughs> like, you know, there's that, you know, so the thing is there's a, there is that that's their goal, but the fact that half, we don't know what, what it is in China, like it's not a hundred percent. So what they're not telling us what that failure rate is when the first um, touch pads came out, you know, the, the track pads that didn't have any mechanical, uh, the rumor is is that the failure rate on those was sixty percent. Sixty percent of them had to go back yeah. when they were tested. Um, so right. Apple wants uh, so, zero defects, so they're not going to accept yeah, it. You want, yeah, I, we all, you know, and I want a pony, but I, it doesn't mean that I, you know, like there's no, there's the, the the factory process is imperfect, and they're not getting zero defects anywhere. I guarantee it. So I don't know what the defect rate is in China, but it's probably ten or fifteen percent, right. and yeah. and. So they're so well. The, I just so mean zero defects good. per unit. They're going to reject any unit that's not. Uh, oh yeah, not yeah, 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 they're, yeah. But I'm saying they, Apple's good at that. They're, the problem is that you just have how much of it do you have to send how can you back. Produce this it? is the part when people say this is how much the phone costs. What they're not calculating is that model is what percentage of them don't ever get into a box. It may you know, also be go, a cultural difference because the Times says in China, suppliers and government officials took a whatever-it-takes approach to win iPhone owner uh, orders. Former Apple employees describe instances in which they'd estimate a certain task might sit, take several weeks only to show up the next morning to find it had already been done at inexplicable speed. Well, next paragraph says operations in India are not running at that sort of pace. It turns Instead. out if, if you if you if you um, run everybody into the wall and make them you know go <laughs> yeah. twenty hours a day, you can get a lot of things done. A former well, Apple engineer saying, briefed on the matter said, a "Totalitarian state, right. uh, yeah. what, so know, much easier." You got well, some, yeah, yeah, you got some, India, some in, pull. In, India is India is is has ambitions in that direction. I mean, re, do Modi start, would start love a, love to crack start, that whip. So start, start looking up a BBC documentary on the current on the current administration and see how quickly uh, all of those reportings get stuck, struck down by YouTube yeah. and uh, and elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the, China uh, China manufacturing. First of all, the article was talking specifically about uh, iPhone case parts, not necessarily that's right, uh, not necessarily like full assemblies. Um, and the article also mentioned something that I read here and there that occasionally zero manufacturing defects. Obviously, it's never. It's an ideal. It's not a. It's not a real goal. But they get damn close sometimes. But the thing is, you know, how long has uh, uh, manufacturing in India? I think the the last. But to start with older phones in like 2016, 2017, uh, and I think this. I don't know whether this what this article is referring to, but I know that they. I, I do know that the iPhone 14 parts started being manufactured in September. Or at least that's when they announced it. So if they're not up to speed after three or four months, having never manufactured this part before, that's. I'm not saying that's okay, but that doesn't mean that that's, that's a fatal issue that will prevent Apple from wanting to pursue manufacturing outside of the systems that they know and love. Well, I like what you said, Leo, about how this is probably how it started in China. I mean, I know people sometimes poo-poo Tim Cook and other people at Apple when they say that, you know, you can't just pick up the supply chain and move it out of China because we don't – there aren't other places like the United States that have expertise in this particular area and you have to build manufacturing expertise. I think this is a great example of that where – um, you know, this isn't you flip a switch and now you're making things in India. You have to do things, tough stuff that we don't think about, like go to this factory and say, okay, you're going to make these cases for iPhones, these these aluminum parts, and it's going to take us five years to get to a failure rate that we're happy with. And and that's just the cost of, of, of setting up a brand new business in a new place that doesn't have expertise like that. And they can ship in experts and maybe that'll speed things up. But I think you're right that this is really about Apple having to invest in India to 
build it up to become a place that can manufacture at this level that they expect. And I'm not knocking it. Uh, Vanch in our uh, uh, chat room is pointing out everybody jokes about the Apple tax, but this is where it comes from, he says. They have an insane quality standard. You know, you well, want the hardware and, to be reliable. And if it's a part that other people use, Apple can come in and say, we're going to take the best parts and the ones we reject yeah, get sold out to someone else. <laughs> but if it's a molded aluminum iPhone right. uh, shell, no one else is going right. to use that shell. I, so it's I just melted down, Melt right? it down and yeah. start over. Okay. Uh, Tata, the company I mentioned, uh, is a big industrial uh, conglomerate in uh, China. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Financial Times says in they India. have ambitious plan. Uh, I'm sorry, India, ambitious plans to become a full service Apple supplier like the Taiwanese, and it has the approval and backing of the Indian government. They're in talks to buy an iPhone assembly plant that was owned by Wistron in Bangalore. Uh, Wistron exited after, or wants to exit after experiencing labor unrest and protests in 2020. Um, so, and, and, and Apple's, and Tata, Apple's Tata's encouraging it. Pretty, it's a pretty technical company as well. So they'll yeah. make cars, yeah. don't so they, they, Tata? They, mm-hmm. Yeah. They just yeah. bought, they, they, they make, they make everything. They're the, they're like the Samsung of India. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they, uh, they have a huge fiber network. Um, they did a lot of, inter, you know, BitGravity was bought by, by back in the day, uh, was bought by Tata. No kidding. And, um, the, oh, I didn't know The that. Switch, yeah. And the Switch, which is a huge fiber network in the United States, just got purchased about a month ago. Oh. So Tata is definitely kind of moving up that ladder as well as just taking their mm. scale and really moving towards more um, uh, value-added products. And so this is definitely a high, probably high one on their list. Indian government has a simmering border dispute with China, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that might be another reason why India might kind of foster some some growth it's there. A, I mean, it just it Apple needs to get out of. They don't. It's not that they need to get out of China. They just need to get um, so that it's thirty percent, forty percent, fifty percent of their of their supply chain that it doesn't go to zero. Right now, if if something happened, if if China went into Taiwan or or another big thing, it would just shut Apple down. Like they wouldn't, yeah. they would have no phones, you know, or very few. And so they need to be building. 30, 50, 70% of their capacity outside of China. The hard part is, is again, that, that, that so much ingrained after decades of, um, you know, or, or 15 years or whatever of, of production it takes a long time. It, it will probably take them another two or three years to be not as efficient, but efficient enough um, to, to be another supplier that gives Apple somewhere to go. And I think that a lot of people, when, when generals talk about need to be ready to go into Taiwan by 2027, all the companies in the United States go need to be out of China by 2027. <laughs> and so, so the, you know, I think that that's the mistake that the Chinese government's making is by having these public proclamations of when they're going to cause horrible trouble. That is, that is a horrible problem for all these corporations. They are setting this exodus up that is going to destroy their country, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, financially destroy the country. It's, yeah. it's a crazy it's Although it takes like a while. I mean, this insanity. is why, you know, take the, at the end of the article, they say, uh, they talk quote an analyst who says, if Apple had wanted to be making iPhones in uh, India, they should have started five years ago. Yeah. It takes five years to get up to speed. So, oh, yeah. You know. And and how many and how many weeks did it take for Russia to get completely cut off after the invasion of Ukraine? All you all you need is all you need is banks to uh, be prohibited from doing transactions with a country. And oh my goodness, yeah. well, Apple and, and is I, in trouble. And, and it just even without the banks being cut off, it's just that it, it means that it's it's socially unacceptable to do work in Russia right, right now, and and yeah. that'll happen in China. And, you know, I think that it didn't, I don't think it clarified for people what could happen until Ukraine. You know, like, I think it just, I think there was a lot of talk about it and, oh, we should do something. But I think when Ukraine hit and Russia, basically no brand could work in Russia, I think a bunch of brands took notice and said, 
this is you know when when we got China rattling about this, the China Taiwan um, conversation looks a lot like the Russian Ukraine <laughs> conversation. So I think that there was enough. It wasn't apples to apples, but it was close enough that a whole bunch of corporations now have connected the dots, and they're like, "We gotta, we gotta get out of here," you know. So it was a Christmas feature for sure. Yeah. Some guy uh, at MacWorld writing what I think is a fairly link baity article. Oh, I didn't write the headline. <laughs> <laughs> what if Apple's next big thing never comes? Four scenarios that could spell Apple's doom. doom. I mean, I think I submitted Number three will surprise you. <laughs> imagining Apple's biggest potential threats, but they don't ever leave my headlines no. in there. But the, 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 this is a perfect um, connection to the previous conversation. Because, doom. What because if? The, yeah. I think the midterm, short to midterm worst threat Apple faces is a confrontation with China. And because they're just not prepared at this point for the loss of their supply chain. And then the long term is, I really believe, is just literally what comes after the smartphone as a product category. Because I have a hard time believing my other scenarios are, what if Apple just kind of doesn't pay attention to the iPhone and it and it fades away? Which seems unlikely to me. I feel like we're going to have iPhones and Android phones battling it out for a long time to come. And then the other threat is like government regulation. And even there, it's possible that government regulation could completely break Apple's business model. But again, it seems like Apple will respond and survive. And that's not an existential threat. But um, and I heard from some people who wrote wrote me and said, yeah, you're I think you understate the the issues in China. But I, I don't think I did. I think that it's absolutely true that in the in the in the near to medium term, that is the one thing that could really cause the an existential crisis for Apple. And in the long run, my other point was this is why they're spending money on that AR VR stuff is that really when you've got all the money Apple has more than 100 billion dollars of cash the way you make sure you're you're going to survive in the long term is by you know investing in the potential replacement for your biggest product and that way if your biggest product gets replaced guess what you've got a new biggest product to replace it and, well, and but the china issue is i think the one that they and they can't just flip a switch like we've been saying it, it is going to take years for them to uh to get out of that one and if something happens in the meantime that could be extremely dangerous for apple I think services are a big deal for Apple as well. I think you're going to see them try to grow that from 30% to 50% of their revenue because that that's something that they have a lot more control over than hardware. <laughs> and so, you know, being able to have, um, you know, uh, and I think that they'll keep on looking for where they can add those services um, to that to that process. And I think the AR, VR stuff is all part of that as well, um, is there's a lot of opportunity there. And so I think that they, um, I do think that, I do agree that China is a, is a big problem for everybody, but Apple probably more exposed than most um, in in being able to make that work. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And and it is and Apple is in kind of a. The, it's great that they're doing such such great work in expanding services. Let's not forget that the App Store is included as part of uh, part of the services pie. But the thing is. One of the reasons why the iPhone competes so well in a really competitive phone market is that it really is its own category. There's nothing quite like an iPhone. And a lot of it really is about the emotional connection that you have to it, the way it feels in your hand, the way it responds to you, the way that you, you treat it like a, like a lapdog or like a little pet. Services, I don't think anybody is like, oh, my goodness, I have such loyalty to iCloud. I, it makes me feel good when I click into it and I sync my documents. Really, iCloud is just another 
cloud file, cloud sharing service. Uh, Apple TV really is just another streaming service. Apple Music really it's it's a very high quality one. But how many years have been they been competing with Spotify directly? And Spotify is still uh, by order of uh, not by an order of magnitude, but but by a multiple uh, has a, a larger has a much larger paid audience. So if uh, if Apple really does have to keep selling hardware because that's the special sauce, that's where they put the aura of we know how to make make a physical devices that people are tangibly react to and are willing to pay a premium for if they were to try to invert that pie and basically turn them in, themselves into 62% a services company i really think that would be very very volatile for them well, i don't i don't oh, generally so, i mean the business side of this is that generally sub- subscription is the least volatile thing you can do um, because people people the 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 um in most cases in almost every business including you know your your gym membership all the way up uh it's a pretty stable business model um and so probably one of the most stable business models because people just don't change that often um and and they change it you know it's it and especially as the lock-in builds up as a as someone who's totally into the apple ecosystem the thought i mean i have i still have spotify i think for some random reason i think i just can't get some of my i was unable to properly export some stuff out but i haven't opened spotify in a year you know and um and i i thought about that recently because i was getting thinking about to your point getting rid of the subscription because it does because i'm not using it anymore um and i think that apple can kind of just keep weighing on i don't think they're trying to get rid of iphone sales i think they're just trying to grow services so that they're even that much bigger so iphones keep selling the way they are but the bigger that services model gets um and the bigger that they keep on opening up these accessories and all the other things that they're putting out there i still think that that's why the home vertical would make a lot of sense for them to make five core assets that that are just that that all just happen to work with everything um, because it'd just be another thing that would add 10 or 15 percent to their revenue. But it doesn't really get them out of China. So I think that um, so I think that that I, I do think that services are a big piece of that. I think that I'd be really interested to see. I mean, I just do think that there's a lot of people that are almost guaranteed to buy things from Apple right now because they take so long and because they usually come out working. Um, I think that the AR, the, the AR systems will probably do pretty well. You know, and, and I think that the car, if they ever put it out, people like me would buy it, you know, like, and, and so like, we were like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll get one of those. Um, so, so I think that, um, I don't, cause, cause I, I can tell you one thing is most people don't care about their car, you know, like they, you know, yeah. and, and you look at that, like an Apple user probably cares about the Apple brand way more than any car brand that they have. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, you have people to, are pretty attached uh, to their Teslas until Elon became. I mean, I, I think, I think people are. I think people are attached to their $400 Apple watches. They're attached to their $1,000 phones. They're attached to their $2,000 laptops. Are they so attached to that logo? They're willing to spend $30,000, $70,000 on a car from an unproven company? I don't know. That's what they said. The problem, is the, the problem with that is that that's what they said with phones. I know it's more money, oh, but they said, so, oh, you don't know anything so about different. phones. It's oh, so it, different. It was, it was a very much a very similar thing, though. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't so I, I, I see. I see. I see. I see. What you're getting at, but I don't. I don't think the two are the two are comparable. I think. I think that it's. It's just that my relationship with cars is the same as my relationship was with a Palm Trio, which is that I drive the car that I least hate. You know, <laughs> like I don't. Like I don't have a car that I love. I haven't driven a car that I loved and ever. And just like this is the best one that that I could afford. <laughs> so. So I think that's a that's you usually working. are unique. I don't think the world is going to beat a path to <laughs> Apple's door to drive the Apple car. We'll see. I don't think so. We'll no, but again, if you've got a hundred billion dollars in cash, you can advertise yeah. place the hell out some of it. place some bets. 
and see what I mean, happens. But I think the the ARVR thing is is the place where they're really placing a bet against like how do we make sure yeah. that the our iPhone because like it's the iPhone right that's the story when we talk about the Mac and the iPad that's all great it's the iPhone and the ecosystem around primarily the iPhone and do we think that's going away I don't think so I think it's going to be around a long time I think I said in that in that column in a decade I would be shocked if Samsung and Apple weren't the two biggest phone makers right like I, I just it's hard to imagine it forever. It's just going to own it for and and the smartphone people are like oh but what's next after the smartphone it's like guys we don't sm- know the smartphone is the culmination I would argue the culmination of the entire personal computer industry was leading yeah. to the smartphone we're not going to see a I don't think we're going to see a product category like that probably in our lifetimes and that and if you're one of the major players in that category pretty nice place to be and I I think Apple's biggest real vulnerability is that they just kind of get fat and happy and lazy and their product suffers and over time it just slides away and it, it, ends up being super mediocre and not good but i think the most likely scenario is they're just gonna be rolling in dough for a long time to come as long as they can still make phones in china and as long as the iphone doesn't get replaced by you know glasses that we all wear and that's why they're spending tens of billions of dollars on ar and vr there but there's a proximate threat and there's a distant threat the proximate threat really is china i think it is and government to some degree government you you mentioned government they would have to break them i mean it is possible they could say you can't put apps on the phone anymore you have to just yeah. you have to download apps from the internet and you can't preload any apps and it it could or you know or something else you have to license your OS. It's so not going to be the U.S. We, government because no. Apple is too much of a driver of value. No, but like and the, an EU, economy, but the EU yeah. doesn't care if Apple falters. I just have a hard time imagining that even the EU would break their business model. Like there's lots of things Apple doesn't want the EU to do because Apple wants to make lots of money. But even if the EU prevents them from doing those things, it's still hard not it to see Apple like a being a wildly profitable yeah. company. So yeah. chi- China's number one clearly. Um, number two, government. Distantly, I mean, real, the iPhone, I think that's not threatened for quite some time. Long time. And I think it's very unproven that a car or AR, is, either one of those, is going to be the next big thing. I don't think we necessarily know what the next big right. thing and is. If, and if there were another next big thing floating out there, and I think that's true. I think the truth is there isn't another next big thing floating out there anytime soon. Right. I think it's going to be a long time. If there were, then Apple and Google and every other tech company would be spending tens of billions and on dollars on that too because they is, don't want to be replaced. This thing that you put in your pocket is pretty close to perfect. I don't know if you can – they try to kind of replace it with a watch. It's too small. Put it in the ear? I don't think so. On the eyes, maybe, maybe not. I honestly think that this is a very optimized form factor. I, I've – now, yeah. yeah, maybe that's short sighted. And you can add on. We're using. You can add on the watch and the and the headphones you can and add, things if you, you want. Adjuncts to have them be have sort of like cars. using that as your central processor. Yeah. But the at the core, a supercomputer that's attached to a high speed you know computer network that goes all over the world that runs custom software in your pocket. I would submit that yeah. as long as there are pockets, there will be phones. <laughs> yeah. I really, right. I mean, so seriously, there is there is even the science end of the world fiction. Danger. They're carrying around things in their hands that are computers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's not forget about one of the most pertinent parts of, about smartphones. You can pay $1,700 for, for a smartphone. You can pay nothing for a yeah. smartphone. Yeah. And, and, and essentially the hardware... Uh, today is good enough that there's a certain basic table stakes consistency of features and also uh, there there are features that are better on one handset than the other but mostly they're all just inert devices that connect to the same apps and the same features so it's it's hard to figure out uh, the uh, when you when you look at phones there's uh, there's nothing 
that looks like it's going to knock it, knock those phones out of people's pockets. Just like if someone who looked at the first laptops uh, 30 years ago might be surprised that, no, it's still the dominant platform. People who looked at uh, your basic, hey, here's a pointing device. Hey, here's a screen. Hey, here's a keyboard uh, in the ni- late 1980s, 1990s, that that's still the dominant thing. Nothing came to replace it because it does that job really really well and there's enough uh, variety in the marketplace so that no matter what kind of need you have you can find the thing at the price point and at the form factor that you need so i guess uh though if i were going to try to be um you know contrarian i would point out that computers because ibm didn't patent and and copyright and trademark and do all the legal things to protect the pc their market completely got undermined by compatibles Apple's avoided that cleverly. Yeah. There is no iPhone compatible. But I could see perhaps a scenario, and it's a bit of a stretch, where people go, you know, I don't. it's not safe to use the iPhone because it's a big company that owns it. I want something that's open. Uh, and there's these guys making phones that are open and secure and uh, not a privacy issue, and they're cheaper than the iPhone. You could you this this market could be undermined. It seems it would be right. a tough one. It's not impossible. I don't think anybody's saying right. it's impossible. I, I just well, think Samsung be, sells more phones I, than Apple. I does think yeah, well, sure, but Samsung is also they're another a Apple. big company they're with Google Apple. powering yeah, them. Yeah. So it's two yeah. Apples basically right. Right. working together there. So the you know the Linux but, or but something else. Why couldn't else more there be open. a third party? Uh, I mean, couldn't it? Couldn't it's, couldn't it be it's an a complex open ecosystem? It's too complex to, for somebody to come along and just say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Linux is the... Uh, People is have the, tried. People example. talk about it. They're like, yeah. oh, we're going to have yeah. a new phone. It's going to change everything, and it never does. There's plenty like, of reasons to not like- want to use Mac or Windows. No, it doesn't mean people run to the Linux. I think my bigger argument would be if there were a real geopolitical schism and, for example, in China, if they were going to just sort of cut themselves off from Apple and Google, that there might They'd create this. They would, they would perhaps even they're, based they're on Android, but they it. would create, if they, and they already it. have, yeah. a, an independent Android in China is de-Google. system. So, yeah, yeah that, that would be an alternative for at least some and markets. Sa- and Samsung has threatened to do that a couple times, you know, with their sure. own their own OS. So it's not so, so hard to make this to to hardware, is it? Well, I think Apple's very good at the hardware. I think that, you know, there are peers like Samsung, Samsung. who are also very, very good. But, but Apple's company, hardware is company could come very along good. And, duplicate and they're this. building their own processors, right, which give yeah. them advantages too. They're smart. They're really pulling up the drawbridge in every place they can. But the, and that's why my iPhone argument is that I think it's going to be hard to displace them as one of the players is because they it, you can't just surpass them in one of those areas. You have to surpass them you in would, multiple you areas. replace them, but will they always have 50% of the market? Or whatever it is, is it? It's what is US. it globally? It's U.S. is fifty. It's globally, less globally. It's, uh, globally, Android is like 80, 70, okay. 70 something. Yeah. So they're already kind of a, a minority player worldwide, and, and yet, it doesn't matter. They make more money than anybody. Well, and they've got the high end of the market, and it's right. high profit margins, right. and all of those things, right? So that that that's why they're printing money. Right. It's, it's just it's going to be tough to displace them. And I mean, my original intro to my little uh, column on MacWorld was about my dad who. Um, he he passed away 10 years ago, but I, oh, I still think about him all the time because he grew up in the middle of the Depression, and mm-hmm. he had that Depression mindset his entire life, which mm-hmm. is like, we we saved everything. He fixed stuff with, with the wire out of a coat hanger, like, all the time. And Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple, that's what he did with Apple's culture is <laughs> make take every dollar off the table, 
you know, don't hire too many people. It's why they didn't lay off people is they're so slow at hiring people because Apple is kind of paranoid about its existence. And it's funny to step outside of that and look at Apple and say this company that's completely paranoid about the fact that it could go away at any time and it can't have partners. It has to make everything for themselves. And yet it's actually kind of hard to envision scenarios where it is not um, still around making huge amounts of money for Maybe decades. By That's the, the kind of funny. That same editor that wrote the crappy headline took your dad out of it as well. No, I, I cut I cut that part because oh, okay. it was like a little too much. I'm my own editor too. I was like, this is a little self indulgent to talk about my uh, to talk about I'm my dad. I'm liking it. I'm so liking it, it. That brought it. I cut it out, but it is it is definitely like that generation. Steve Jobs did to Apple what that generation yeah. did, which is say never assume that you're going to. But you have can build as many moats as you want. You there's. A, what you can't control is people's mindset. That's true. And and we've seen it happen before. I mean, that's what happened to MySpace. Is people's it wasn't that they were superseded by something technically better. People's mindset changed. And at some point I could see people's mindset saying, for whatever reason, I'm not there's no evidence this is gonna happen, but for whatever reason, no, I don't want Apple anymore. The iPhone's not cool anymore. The iPhone, I don't like well, it. Was, it's dangerous. It's something you know, the advantage is that they've got YouTube. all the market share and they've got all the apps and so they don't have the the risk that facebook has where people are like i'm tired of facebook because again it's like they really pulled up all the drawbridges right because like just mode. choose if you, you don't like that app try this other apps app on the remote. iphone and yeah. you can just keep on going that's what kept I, uh, microsoft try as they might from making a mobile platform they didn't have the apps yeah and it killed windows yeah. phone and i think it is it's tricky and i think apple's pretty good at the pr thing because it is the pr is part of it is to make sure that the brand stays shiny. I I, I watched this great thing yesterday, last night about the fa- why Nickelback is so unpopular. Yeah, why and is Nickelback really, so unpopular? So it, it came down to they 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 analyzed and they said it came down to one comedian on one <sighs> show, but it happened to his it became quote a meme to be used over and over and over yeah. again. So it became memeish and it became this thing. And they said that and the and the fact that they were just getting so much airplay. They said there was a time when. At every second of every day, Nickelback was playing somewhere in the United States. But that's States. exactly the shift and, I'm talking yeah. about, where it's it could it, you know anything could trigger it, and it just if the yeah. timing is right, and Apple could be the next Nickelback. <laughs> it just feels it feels like they have so far to fall that even then they'd be able to survive. But, it, but, but yeah. we're fish in the water. We don't see the water, right? We right. are so yeah. we. It's hard yeah. for us to imagine replace Google, replace Apple. How could that? Well, and I think replace but Microsoft. I think that, but it, but it can, but it happens you, all the time. It's totally real. And I think it gets back to a little bit of what Andy said, which is the the fact that the hardware keeps you kind of embedded because we can think about things, but then we still have a Mac and we still have these other things that we're in, a, in our phone and our watch and everything else. So the, it slows down some of that movement. Uh, it's one thing not to buy a Nickelback album. It's another thing to change off your phone or your operating system. And so so I think that um, that would happen very slowly. I don't think it could happen there are very people, suddenly. Though. My daughter, everybody in our family is Apple. My daughter insists on using Android. She says Apple is a cult. And that that sure. that yeah. you know that's a I think it's generational. That's been it's going your, on for forty it's years. Your peer though. group, yeah, the cult of Mac, right? But uh, <laughs> well, she says I'm but, not going to join that cult. I'm sorry, you guys are crazy. It's fine. It's just that the, I, I think that the problem is, is that Apple Apple's been exceptional at at, at finding what ninety percent of the people want ninety percent of the time, and and I think that it is it's hard. Um, it's it, it's hard to get because the that's a big market and they don't care about being cool. They don't really, I mean, some people are getting Apple stuff to be cool or whatever, but most people just, it just works. It just works and it doesn't, they don't, I think Apple users care less about their hardware 
than Android users, to be honest with you, because they just want it to be out of the way and have it just do its thing. They don't want to geek out on it as much. They just want it to work when they turn it on and move move around. And I think that people who want to play with it more tend not to use. Well, if you make a phone a commodity, that's the commoditization of the product, right? If the, if the, yeah. if the product becomes a commodity, like the PC became a commodity, right. then Apple, right. you know, you'd have... But I, I think that's the greatest danger to the iPhone, honestly, is if we end up in a world where nobody bothers to make native apps anymore and everything is a progressive web app and they're all just the exact same like across all yeah. platforms, then yeah. Apple has even less... They still have different differentiation right because they've got their own you know rendering engine and they've got their processor but if they lose apps as a concept and there is no software anymore so every phone runs exactly the same web apps that hurts apple that's badly. why the eu is to fear because that's the first chink in the armor is you start to undermine that apple moat and uh, you know a little bit <laughs> it's just remember the boy in the dike a little hole in that boat boom you know you ironic, get flooded. ironically though it won't be the eu that kills apple in this scenario i think it'll be apple's relationship with bad relationship with its own developers and apple's yeah. development tools and apple's whole platform for developing apps because that's what i keep hearing is you know people get frustrated with swift and swift ui and things yeah. like that and like yeah. and they'd rather and companies would rather just invest in uh, web technologies instead of investing so in Apple's should development build a tools. Python phone so that anybody okay. <laughs> can develop for it in Python. Python phone, you and me. You and me. We're going to make the Python phone. <laughs> I mean, everything you know, will be really it's, slow. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's just like, I, it's for I think that I mean, people talk about it, but I mean, I think the hard part is it's competing with someone who's actually writing native code is pretty hard. It you is know, like hard. I, yeah. I Facebook work on, learned I, that lesson. Yeah. I worked on a, I worked on a product where we, we developed a product about three months on, on iOS and it ran perfectly. And then they were like, okay, we're going to move it to React Native. And, and then spent a year just watching it just goo into like just, 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 it was as if you just dropped it into, you know, molten molasses and then let it dry. And then, you know, React Native is just a disaster. Anyway, so the, um, and so the, you know, so I think that people say they want to do that kind of stuff, but when it actually comes down to it, the problem is you're competing with people who buy a lot of apps that are written natively, and when they're used to the native written apps, they, you can feel it. <laughs> you can feel the, you can feel the other versions of it. And I'm just like, saying, oh, don't yeah. get complacent, Alex. Things change. I don't think that they should. Sometimes. I think I don't. So what I will say is, I don't think apple is complacent no, ever i think you're right like i think that that is the thing about apple is that they are they are always scared they yes. are always frugal they are always mm -hmm. looking for they're always looking for the knife behind them <laughs> like they yeah. are it like is. that That's is not, not a, that mentality is so i mean anytime you, andy grove you've known wrote the, there, uh, the ceo of intel wrote the book only the paranoid survive mm -hmm. and he left and, and suddenly intel yeah <laughs> it's not as paranoid and apple is constantly and, paranoid like no, all that, the things you see Apple do is out of yeah. 1997 is, is yeah. it, I mean, Steve Jobs set up Apple University, I believe, in part just to instill that mm. ethos yeah. in Apple, which has mm. never take anything for granted. They're mm. coming for you. Tomorrow we could be completely uh, destroyed. Yeah. You've got to, you know, everybody's out to get you. It's harder when you have 200 billion in the it's bank, a though. It is. It is a lot harder. And, <laughs> but it's still and, there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it also makes you look worse. If you have that attitude and you're riding high, you don't be, you're not seen as frugal, you're seen as cheap, right? Like right. It, it changes public perception of you too to right. have that attitude. Yeah, why you know, is you're Apple not the fighting anymore. unionization in its retail yeah, stores? You can afford to give billion people more money in, in the bank, yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, Leo Laporte here. I am the founder and one of the hosts at the Twit Podcast Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we do here at Twit because I think it's unique 
And I think for anybody who is uh, bringing a product or a service to a tech audience, you need to know about what we do here at Twit. We've built an amazing audience of engaged, intelligent, affluent listeners who listen to us and trust us when we recommend a product. Our mission statement is Twit is to build a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. Boy, already you should be your ears should be perking up at that because highly engaged is good for you. Tech enthusiasts, if that's who you're looking for, this is the place. We do it by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. And I hear from our audience all the time, part of that knowledge comes from our advertisers. We are very careful. We pick advertisers with great products, great services, with integrity, and introduce them to our audience with authenticity uh, and genuine enthusiasm. And that makes our host red ads different from anything else you can buy. We are literally bringing you to the attention of our audience and giving you a big, fat endorsement. We like to create partnerships with trusted brands, brands who are in it for the long run, long-term partners that want to grow with us. And we have so many great success stories. Tim Broom, who founded IT Pro TV in 2013, started advertising with us on day one, has been with us ever since. He said, quote, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. I think the proof is in the pudding. Advertisers like IT Pro TV and Audible that have been with us for more than 10 years, they stick around because their ads work. And honestly, isn't that why you're buying advertising? You get a lot with Twit. We have a very full-service attitude. We almost think of it as kind of artisanal uh, advertising, boutique advertising. You'll get a full-service continuity team. People who are on the phone with you, who are in touch with you, who support you from with everything from copywriting to graphic design. So you are not alone in this. We embed our ads into the shows. They're not... They're not added later. They're part of the shows. In fact, often they're such a part of our shows that our other hosts will chime in on the ad saying, yeah, I love that. Or just the other day, one of our hosts said, man, I really got to buy that. <laughs> That's an additional benefit to you because you're hearing people, our audience trusts saying, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we deliver, always over deliver on impressions. So you know you're going to get the impressions you expect. The ads are unique every time. We don't pre record them and roll them in. We are genuinely doing those ads in the middle of the show. Uh, we'll give you great onboarding services. Ad tech with pod sites that's free for direct clients gives you a lot of reporting, gives you a great idea of how well your ads are working. You'll get courtesy commercials. You actually can take our ads and share them across social media and landing pages. That really extends the reach. There are other free goodies, too, including mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent to thousands of fans, engaged fans who really want to see this stuff. We give you bonus ads and social media promotion, too. So if you want to be a long-term partner, introduce your product to a savvy engaged tech audience visit twit.tv slash advertise check out those testimonials mark mccrary is the ceo of authentic you probably know him one of the biggest uh, original podcast advertising companies we've been with him for 16 years mark said the feedback from many advertisers over 16 years across a range of product categories everything from razors to computers is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand they're going to work on Twitch shows. 
I'm very proud of what we do because it's honest, it's got integrity, it's authentic, and it really is a great introduction to our audience of your brand. Our listeners are smart, they're engaged, they're tech savvy, they're dedicated to our network. And that's one of the reasons we only work with high integrity partners that we've personally and thoroughly vetted. I have absolute approval on everybody. If you've got a great product, I want to hear from you. Elevate your brand by reaching out today at advertise at twit.tv. Break out of the advertising norm. Grow your brand with host red ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details. Or you can email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. I can't wait to see your product. So give us a ring. Uh, they uh, were pushing into, remember Apple made a big deal about we're going to offer you a buy now, pay later. We're going to offer you uh, a way to uh, rent or pay a monthly fee for your devices. All of that has not happened, even though Apple said it would in sooner than it has happened. Uh, this is from uh, Mark Gurman's uh, Power On newsletter. Apple's push into next generation financial services hits delays. You've been arguing, Alex Lindsay, Apple should get into the, the banking business. Um, I'm not arguing that they should. I'm arguing that they are. <laughs> like, you know, like they're, like but this, it's just moving a little slower, slow right? Burn. Weren't they going to do savings accounts? Uh, yeah, they're going to, I think that they're going to, you know, it may go in fits and starts, but eventually there's going to be, I think that there's going to be an ability to put your money into and some kind of thing that slowly becomes more and more looking like an Apple bank. Bigger, um, bigger again, moat, another big moat. Your, yep. I think J Jeff Bezos, you know, said your margin is my opportunity. And I mm -hmm. think Apple's is your, your dissatisfaction is our opportunity. And anything that is mediocre or below, I think is something that somewhere, somewhat an Apple is looking at as a, as you know, a next outlet. And I think that, um, you know, no one likes their bank. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, like people, so the question people is, up with their bank, what are the but, delays? But that's, that's it. What's, uh, oh, it's hard. It's regulatory. Yeah. Gurman regulatory says, I believe the problem. delays to all four initiatives stem from engineering challenges, mm. as well as work on a next generation financial system to support them. That's an interesting. He yeah. says, creating this underlying platform is one of the most ambitious parts of Apple's finance efforts. It's called Project Breakout. Uh, its own technology for handling interest calculations, rewards, credit checks, approvals, transaction histories. Currently, you know, Goldman Sachs does all of that for the Apple card, right? They want to take right. that back in-house. Uh, well, in and fact, they, and Apple got a lot of heat because would. of how Gold, Goldman was running Apple card's uh, credit uh, ratings and so forth. I think Goldman Sachs was always a short term, you know, like yeah. it was, I mean, short term, when I say short term, a decade. It'll probably be a decade of, of Goldman Sachs. But I think that, that they... Um, uh, I, I think it, it, it made sense for them to get somebody in that's already got all the regulatory basis, figure things out, see the data, so on and so forth. But I think that eventually it makes a lot of sense for, for Apple to kind of own that whole thing. And they, their ability to disrupt this, again, it's pretty high because you get a lot of people with savings accounts and then you have a lot of people that need to borrow money. You get a very closed system pretty quickly. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a no, no company in the history of the world has been able to do what Apple is on its way to doing if it, if it decides to go that path which is that you have the people saving money into your accounts and they're taking that money that they're saving in your account and they're, you're providing this credit to people who are buying stuff from you at, at a global scale. That's, that's a Well, thing. it was also yeah. a smart move because apparently Goldman has lost billions of dollars yeah. on the yeah. Apple card. So the Apple dodged that uh, bullet. Um, German says after a delay of several months, the company's prepared to release the first version of Apple Pay Later, BNPL. 
to consumers. Several weeks ago, it started allowing corporate Apple employees to test the feature. Earlier this month, it opened up to retail employees, essentially creating a test group with tens of thousands of people. But those people are enjoined from sharing screenshots or, you know, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot. So we're not seeing any leaks around that except for what Mark says. Um, they did that with the Apple card in 2019. They provided it to retail staff about a month before the public release. So maybe we're getting close now to BNPL. Uh, also, uh, what about the Apple uh, high-interest high, uh, savings account? They announced it in October. They said it would be released in the coming months. Well, I guess we're still in the coming months, <laughs> technically. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. They, uh, Apple quickly added the underlying code German rights to support the feature in iOS 16.1. Goldman Sachs published its fine print for the service in December. Since then, zippity doo da. <laughs> iPhone subscription service. We still don't know what that would be. Some are saying it's like a rental where you don't even, you don't really you just pay a monthly fee and you don't really even own the phone. Uh, so we're still be, unclear that, what that's going to be. That, that one, that one is legitimately interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. Uh, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm just making a glib joke here, but. If they want to get into banking services, why not have a have fast food delivery? Why not like have a chain of pizza stores? It's like it's just such a random thing yeah, yeah. for them to get into. That's not necessarily tied into what Apple historically does and historically does well. But the idea of having uh, having a, a subscription plan for phones, uh, I'm, I'm sure they've seen some data that says that they're not there is a there is a revenue source in the iphone that they're not capturing and that's what happens to this phone after the person upgrades uh, and that let's say they don't necessarily pass it down to one of their kids or something like that it goes to a reseller or it goes to it gets parted out and that person makes a profit on the sale that makes a profit on reselling the parts makes a profit on reselling the reselling the phone uh, I'm sure that they're looking at numbers and saying that what if we were to capture that market ourselves? What if we were the people who get the the recycled phone when someone's son's done with it? We are the ones who can refab it and re repackage it and resell it uh, in another part of the world in another market. Uh, that makes a lot more sense to me than most of the other stuff that's been in these uh, in, in these uh, banking articles. Apple has hired its first people officer. Uh, this is also from uh, Bloomberg. From Medtronics comes Carol Surface. Mm. Right. She's Carol iPad now. Yeah. They're going to have to change that name. Mm -hmm. uh, many people think Surfaces are iPads. So These it be are okay. the jokes. Yes. Uh, this was something Deidre O'Brien was doing. She's in charge of retail now. Carol Surface. <laughs> is she a Surface Pro? We don't know. Well, she seems very she professional. She seems professional. Yeah. <laughs> she Sorry, I'll stop. Uh, Surface brings in, sorry to say it though, brings an incredible depth of experience, the company said, which will be invaluable in supporting our teams around the world and building everything that makes Apple so special. Uh, Deidre O'Brien will continue to run retail. Uh, yeah, it's weird not to a company of their size not to have somebody in charge of HR. That's what people is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, assume so. Deidre O'Brien, most of their most of their people are retail employees right. in the big, in the grand so in scheme a way, of things. That's, so, know, so yeah. it sort of made sense. And now she's sort of like going to specialize in retail. And they, uh, this is, 
uh, one of those cases too, where it's like she can't just keep doing both of those jobs, right? right? So they brought in somebody from the outside, and I'm very skeptical always of Apple bringing in senior execs from outside because because could there be a culture clash there? But if you're going to do it somewhere, something like HR is that's where you do it is a good place to do it because HR is the same everywhere because of law. Yep, and you need to know the law, right? In fact, we use as many companies do a third party to do our uh, HR. So HR is outsourced. Many smaller companies do that because it is such a technical thing. And I think somebody who's been running HR for a big company is going to make the best sense for that particular job. I wonder if she has any um, background in, in union you negotiations. You know, I was going to say, and this way Deirdre doesn't have to do the union busting speeches anymore. While she's the head of those <laughs> right. those people's right. Uh, employment, right? right? She's the head of retail and she's union busting. They can hand that off to somebody. I don't know. I mean, that if you, uh, head of HR, my uncle was the head of HR at a big company for a long yeah. time. And, you know, negotiating with the union is part of the job. That's like, the that's, job. Yeah. That's a big yeah. part. If you're, if you're in a potential union uh, job or a real union industry, you got to, you got to, all of that. So I wonder if that was why they brought her in is to be the point person on dealing with this. Because Apple's trying very hard to not allow their employees to unionize. Yeah, we were talking about some of the retail people getting to use the buy now, pay later. Not in Towson. No. The the uh, unionized <laughs> Apple store. Don't, they don't get that perk. You don't get that. Spite. It is spite. It's just spite. It's just mean. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> No, it's, it'll be interesting to see, though, because I, I, if I were any outside executive who is brought into Apple, <laughs> I would want to have that conversation of like, well, what happens if this doesn't work out, right? Because whether it's somebody who flames out like Browett, who was the head of retail for a little while, and uh, he, he left very quickly, Boy, or even something yeah. like Angela Ahrens, who clearly, you know, she put in some time, but it was also not a long-term thing, they, they, and I think they both knew it. You so, gave them stock. So it, so if I'm this, if, if I'm, if I'm the uh, surface, yeah. I would say, uh, yeah, I, how do I get compensated I if, if we walk away? I want to vest now. Because there's definitely yeah. a non-zero chance that it won't work out just because Apple is so peculiar right. and particular. And it's not about the people being a bad fit as much as it is that Apple is a tough fit for anybody. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it's interesting. You look at Medtronic, uh, which she where she worked before, uh, right in the right in the top. They're saying that they've got nine they nine percent of their workforce is unionized. I've got their global human rights and labor standards policy in front of me, and it explicitly has under the human policy statement under human rights uh, under number one is diversity inclusion inclusion uh, fair treatment. Uh, freedom of forced labor, but also oh, in there is freedom, free, free, well, no, well, freedom of association saying that basically explicitly we're not going to, we're going to cooperate in good faith with They're the bodies. Also, they moved to Ireland. They but, may have to say that now, right? Yeah. They're but, in Ireland. But, but, <laughs> but this, but this was, but this was a document produced just a year ago. So okay. I don't know. That could, that could be, it could be, I don't know. I'm hoping that Apple is, is aware of the fact that at least they will have to begrudgingly live in a world in which employees are not willing to believe that, oh, we're Apple's sons and daughters and everybody, and they love us and they'll take care of us, and we don't need representation because we love Apple so much. I, I hope that they're acknowledging that this is not the world that they that live in. That was the company line, and it was Deidre O'Brien who delivered that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe this is – that would be great. This, that's that's hopeful. Maybe this is a shift in uh, company – policy or, or, or at least while they were doing the search they realized that that would be a valuable yeah. thing that hopefully not, not they're, they're not going to hire someone who used to be the head of a labor union but someone who knew how to accommodate both unionized and non-unionized workforces would probably have been a positive uh it's official apple 
is killing the CSAM photo scanning feature. Uh, they proposed it a year ago after a lot of furor. They decided to put it off. Um, but now in Wednesday. And then they were hoping we'd all forget it when they quietly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, it, let it disappear. Yeah. Again. yeah. Actually, this is an old story. I don't know how this got in here. This uh, this happened uh, late last year when Craig Federighi. So I, I apologize. It got on my list, but uh, that's it. That's an old story. Workflows. <laughs> workflows. It's tricky. You think headline think workflows? It's too, maybe too, it's too easy. Maybe your workflows look and say, "Wow, it's really slow." I wonder if I would you Sticking like to hear a random a story selection from of December? Old back. Yeah, let's go back into the past. Chat GPT wrote this one. <laughs> this one I know is new. Wired yeah. magazine reporting: Apple and Spotify are scaring audiobook narrators. After a backlash, Spotify paused an arrangement that allowed Apple to train its machine learning models. On their audiobooks. Yeah. yeah. Remember Apple's offering those nice voices, those really sweet voices to people who can't afford to have a human narrate their voice well their book? Well, it turns out uh that's been trained on real people. Gary Furlong, you might know the name, he's a Texas audiobook narrator. He learned of, of a clause in his contract uh between Find Away Voices, which is an audiobook distributor and authors, which gave Apple the right to quote use audiobook files for machine learning training and models. And then Find Away was purchased by Spotify last summer. Oops. And then Spotify yeah. licensed these to Apple. Yeah. This is I mean, we talked about this a while ago and we're sort of like, this isn't taking the jobs of the of the narrators, but the in my mind, one of the huge questions in the AI is what what did you train your model? How did you train on? it? Yeah. And on the one hand, I, I think it's also actually kind of sleazy if the contract that they had their narrators sign said, we're not just buying your your work on this audiobook, we're buying your voice and we're going to take it away. Like, I, I think no reasonable person would imagine that that was what was going on here. Um, and it's it's really not cool because this, this is where, could put them out of business. This is where a union helps because SAG-AFTRA exactly. represents... Those artists, those book reading artists, I'm a SAG-AFTRA member, uh, along with screen actors and uh, and radio folks. They represent people who read books. Uh, they they uh, contacted uh, the two companies, and an email to members from SAG-AFTRA said that they had agreed to immediately stop all use of files for machine learning purposes for union members affected and that the halt covers all files dating back to the beginning of this practice. Thank you, SAG-AFTRA. The union is still working with Findaway toward a solution that recognizes the union's concerns, such as safe storage of the recordings and data usage limitations and appropriate compensations. It's a contractual issue. If you're yeah. going to let them use your voice, you're going to damn well get paid for it sufficiently yeah. so that you know it will make up for lost income down the road. And this is a huge issue. A lot of uh, uh, actors, for instance, are getting in, are finding that like you, you work for Disney there's, or other big studios they are saying, though, by the way, we have the right to build models of your voice so that and use that model for whatever reason possible. So as a result, a, a job in which they would basically have to pay you to come back in the studio to loop dialogue would be, nope, we'll just have some intern type into a keyboard and then we'll have someone that uh, someone with control over your performance uh that uh, that is not you is not making choices making choices that you rejected at the time and also we're not going to pay you so good congratulations both of the family this is uh, you know this is the beginning of a 
it's going to happen with artists. It's going to happen with writers. It's happening uh, across the board because you got to train these things in something, something yeah. a human created. As as terrible, be it's 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 a lot more complicated than it once was because you could uh, there there was a time where for some of these training models you could say well no we're not making a synthetic version of this one person's voice we are using this as a data as part of a data set of two thousand voices just to learn what a variety of voices sound like so that this model can then synthesize brand new voices that didn't exist before and thus don't necessarily take away your specific job. Uh, however, however now that uh, it's a lot of us, a lot of AI researchers are now trying adversarial attacks on these models to see is it possible to get this model to generate or regenerate data that it was trained on and finding that no, actually that is possible. It's not easy necessarily. It's not trivial, but it is possible. And once you establish that this, uh, this, uh, these models are capable of reproducing an intellectual property that is, has copyright, copyright protections on them, suddenly this looks like it's built on a pile of sand that has to be has to be uh, uh, really defined on a legal basis soon before it can actually be used in any commercial setting. A uh, I think that the law professor consulted by Wired said, actually, uh, they're, they're, these guys are probably out of luck. You know, legally, uh, Spotify and Apple are in the clear. Morally, that's another <laughs> matter. Uh, you know, at some point, courts are going to have to weigh in on on, on all this. There's lawsuits uh, going on right now from Getty against Stable Diffusion. Um, artists, I'm sure, will sue. So this is uh, going to end up in the courts, right? The hard part yeah. is, is that, again, we've talked about this before, that if if, if they lose in court, I mean, be, the, the threat of court has kept a lot of people at bay, including Google and Microsoft, who are kind of now forced into pushing it in because of the competition. But I think a lot of them stuck stayed away from it because of the legal ram, the potential legal ramifications of turning the AR, AI on that they've had for a decade. Um, the, if they lose these cases, it. it'll be, it'll be game on. <laughs> like, you know, like, and, and that's the, that's the real uh, brinksmanship here is that those law, legal cases, if they set precedent, it gets really hard, really fast to, um, you know, to put that genie back in the bottle. And I think that the, you know, the, the hard part, I think, for narrators as well is that you know, I've been listening to audiobooks since the late 80s when they were on cassettes and, um, and then CDs and then, and then virtual. And I cannot name a single, almost a single narrator unless it was the author of the book. Like, oh, this was, this was narrated by the author of the book. And I think that that's the, no, some people can get really into it. I'm just saying that I, yeah. I listen to, um, as a, I listen to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books and it doesn't, it's kind of a wash as to like, I don't pick a book because of that narrator. I, I pick the book because of the, the author. And, and so now I definitely have narrators that I don't like, and I definitely listen to a book and go, Oh, that was a great narrator. I don't know if I'm, I'm in their fan club though. Like I don't remember, like I'd have to go back and look at who was narrating some one book or another. Um, and so I think that, I mean, there are definitely people who keep track of it, but I, I'm going to guess that for the most part, the vast majority of, of audiobook listeners don't know who they're listening to. Yeah, and that's a, that's a huge problem but if the, the AI starts to pick up. Because for me, I wouldn't, you know, like if you gave me an AI read of, and I don't, and I, now admittedly, I don't listen to fiction. To, you know, so I all I listen to is non-fictional yeah, stuff. Yeah, we so. fiction um, listeners do know who yeah. reads the book. Yeah. Yeah. And we select often books because it's the same narrator. You had Dan Morin on Twit a while ago. I don't know if he mentioned this to you, but like he's, he, got, a great he's got a great narrator. So great, in fact, that he has gotten so many audiobook sales from the fans of the narrator mm -hmm. who have followed the narrator to his yep. book. So it definitely happens in fiction. We had Daniel sure. Suarez on uh, Triangulation a couple of days ago. His narrator, Jeff Gurner, narrates all his books. 
And there are many Jeff Gurner fans out there. Just follow the narrator. If you listen to Harry Potter and you heard Jim Dale read those books, very often you follow Jim Dale. Uh, It's it's because you listen to nonfiction. Because you're right, Alex. Nonfiction books, the narrator is completely irrelevant. (laughs) Often they're terrible, (laughs) to be honest with you. Because they're not actors. To do fiction, you got to act the parts. You got to act, and that's so. It's a very different job. But I think that, but nonfiction is a pretty pretty large mass of, of books that are out there, and I think that that's going to be where you see the AI stuff really dig in, is in the nonfictional area. I do agree that the fiction stuff is going to be continue to be humans for a long time because it's just so hard to, you know, figure that out. It's a pretty pretty complex process. But I think in nonfiction and magazines, I think magazines are going to be all read to us pretty soon. Well, and Apple Apple went into this as we talked about a few weeks ago, saying that this is for the stuff that can't they can't afford a full on audiobook production because these are are, are little indie books with small sales and you could never make your money back if you did it and it creates accessibility for people who prefer audiobooks. Right. And I think that's true. And I think there's probably a path forward here, right? I think I think there's a, a, a scenario where um, Apple it has said that they sort of proudly base it on a real human narrator and not a collage of narrators, but a human narrator. And I think there's a scenario where for books like this, you pay for the rights, you work with a narrator, they know they're going to be training a model, and then there's probably a royalty structure for using them, not, a, not only per use, but like if something is a hit, that the voice of the book gets paid. And I know that's antithetical yeah. to businesses who just want to run a model for free and not ever pay a human being. But, you know, if they pay the human being, we could probably work this out. Yeah. It's only fi- yeah. a typical pay for reading a fiction audio book is $5,000. It's not expensive. If, and I bet you a lot of – it's a lot of work too, by the way. I bet you a lot of readers would say, hey, give me $500 and you can have my voice for that book. Yeah. Just $500 a book because I don't have to read it. I think you – know, or some amount. But uh, it, it's going to be a fraction of the of the of yeah. the full amount. But the 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 logical issue, the logic thing here is that obviously a real human recording their voice has value. That that voice has value, or else they wouldn't be trying to take it. Uh, if they thought that uh, <laughs> that uh, basing something on something that's completely synthetic was just as good, they would do that and not even have to mess around with right. uh, any of the legalities or right. any of the payments. So this is this is one of the things that we're just going to have to navigate. I do I do think that one thing that I absolutely am in support of is that uh, the ability to, the the idea that if uh, any publishing platform can then as is publishing something to the web as is publishing something to a newsletter as publishing to whatever it whatever else it is is also uh, simultaneously publishing it in audio for people who uh, don't have the ability to to read uh, read text for whatever reason if that means that the, the 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 table stakes for publishing is that everything is going to be available for people who don't have the ability to read text that is, that that's is a good. very very elevating position yeah. that should happen that's yeah. good i mean there's lighthouse for the blind there's people who volunteer their time to read books i mean there's this is a good thing um i think that it's safe I don't know to what say that ai generated text art and uh, narration is all, it's better than you'd expect, but it's not as good as the best humans can do. So I I suspect the people who are great at this, just like great film actors or great artists, will still be employed because what they do cannot be duplicated by a machine. And I I don't know if that'll ever be possible. The challenge, though, is always what's the feeder system after that? Like, you know, like, so once they age out, once whoever you have that is the best ages out, if if there isn't the lower hanging fruit 
left anymore. Well, people There's no do way art for someone to get. Uh, people do art because they do art. I don't think you have to worry about people stopping to do art. No, I but I but I would say that it's hard to get good at something unless you're getting paid over a decade to do it all the time. Like mm. you can you don't have to worry about it on on the sides. So yeah. you absolutely can. It's just that you know there's a there's a feeder system that goes into that and and it's someone getting a you know you start doing free stuff for voiceovers, then you're doing work, but then you're getting to do it all day every day because you get paid for it and that's right. that's enough to pay your bills. When you don't have that, you don't get those 10,000 hours. You don't get the, yeah, then you know, we the will amount lose. of time it takes. We we will lose out because there won't be great artists. If that's the case, well, that's, and that's, that's probably I mean, not that's true the, for fine art for painting, uh, because painters just paint for free for, you know, <laughs> like Van Gogh didn't ever get paid. <laughs> but uh, it isn't the case probably for performers. Uh, performers need a place to perform, as you say, well, there's a, to get better. There's a lot of performers that have a hard time <laughs> making ends meet as well. Well, so it's it, normal. I mean, so I think and that's, that, YouTube has given people a chance to perform for free. But, I mean, well, you know, I would, I would read books Brianna, for free. Brianna just performed for free. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> why. That's crazy. Oh, that's easy. That's an easy, that's an easy calculation. hundred million people. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, I'm sure she made enough from Spotify. To I hope, but Prince got paid. The weekend got paid, right? I mean, <laughs> Did they? they, they I don't didn't so. they? I don't, Do you think no, the don't NFL think doesn't pay people to perform at the Super Bowl? My understanding is they, they don't yeah. pay people to do that. Wow. It's all PR. Yeah. But you, you know, it's. If you don't want to, you don't want to do it. They'll let, they'll let somebody. Uh, getting in front of a hundred million people is uh, is valuable, you know, from a brand perspective. So. Well, it's just tour for free. Well, I mean, if you if, if you do the, uh, the the tours are what make money, and the, and what drives the tours is having. Ah, I get it. The exposure, Super Bowl, Super Bowl yeah. thing. Yeah, so yeah. you you know, there's there's a, there's a there's a loss leader there. I mean, you think about how long she was up there and how many how much those ads cost per every thirty That's true. seconds. It's, it's not, probably a fairly easy gig for her, right? Yeah. Obviously, she didn't pregnant. She's like, brave. She, she, she rode those she like, things up and down and up and down. That was scary. Pregnant. Yeah. Pregnant. pregnant. Like, see, that, that's a flex. That's a flex. Yeah. Like, I can do that. I don't even need to be. I don't even need to work out for this. I'm just going to, oh. you know. It's funny. That was that was the conversation that dominated the halftime of the Super Bowl. Is she pregnant? <laughs> She's pregnant. Is she pregnant? I know. I know. You're like, is it? That's is all it, anybody's it, talking about. But it was there was a, a lot of attitude there. I mean, she, she she can she doesn't need to move very much to to no, to, and she do, didn't move very she much. Does. Yeah, those guys yeah. in the hazmat suits did all the moving. Yeah. Johnny Ives' latest design. We talked about the clown nose for Red Nose Day. <laughs> he is prolific, man. If you don't have Steve Jobs holding Johnny Ive back, man, he just <laughs> cranks him out. Now the emblem for King Charles' coronation. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the conversation of like of like I had we had Johnny I had Johnny that's, do this you know like it was it was definitely like you know that, that's classic her eyes when Sorry. it came it's time a, to create the emblem for King Charles we had a few simple questions I think to ask. I think it's mostly like thistles we want thistles everywhere just yeah. thistles 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 right what is with all the thistles is that you know, a, you know you know something your highness. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Let's go for two-color printing. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'll, I'll get you, I'll get Blue you, and I'll get red. You four quotes. I'll get wow. you four quotes before we put in the job. But if it's good Alex, enough for the flag. Is, Alex, I want busy. you to have mid-journey design Chaz the seconds or the thirds, whatever number he Third. is. Chaz three. <laughs> Chaz three. Oh, yeah, the second guy. Trey. Yeah. Ch Chaz Trey. I want to see his <laughs> mid-journey version of that logo, Alex. I know you can do it. Chaz Trip, Chuck. <laughs> Trip Chuck. Trip Chuck. Trip Chuck. Trip Chuck. 
Chuck, that's good. Well, I'm going to call him that from now on. It's the royal hat. Well, obvi- well, obviously, Alex, you're not as down with the streets as I am. If Chuck, I Chuck, these new crown just there. dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, this is according to a new page on the royal family's website. Mm. Wait a minute. Even the royal family has to tell you about cookies? Okay, royal family, <laughs> I agree. The coronation emblem, which will feature throughout May's historic celebrations, which, by the way, every person in England is expected to contribute to in some form or fashion, pays tribute to the king's love of the natural world. Oh, that explains the thistles. Depicting the flora of the four nations in the shape of St. Edward's crown. So four nations, what, Scotland, Wales, England, and Northern Ireland. And Northern Ireland. Clover for the Irish, right? Thistles for one of them. Scotland. Scotland. Daffodils for England? I don't know. The emblem pays tribute to the king's love of the natural world. The rose of England, the thistle Mm. of Scotland, the daffodil of Wales, Wales. and the shamrock of Northern Ireland. (laughs) I'm Scottish. That's why I noticed the thistles right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, it's, it is. It is pretty busy. I mean, they it's got very a lot busy onto that. It's like a tapestry. Yeah, it's I mean, not so a they, typically there's... Johnny. It's not a Johnny Ive joint. Honestly, I think. I think he, I think good designer has, is working for the client. Give the client what they want. Yeah, thistles, well, especially want when thistles. they have people beheaded. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Heavy the head that wears the crown of thistles. You can download these. I'm not sure it'll reproduce reproduce well in a business card. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to download all the emblem files. Be sure to download the guidelines. Wait a minute. It's going to cost me money? (laughs) What? They're using some wetwetransfer.com. Really? (laughs) Is that owned by the Royal Trust? Uh, Emblem guidelines. Oh, there's a different one for the Welsh coronation Uh, emblem. Hmm. It Most gets coronated more than one. Well, no, it's the same one. Hmm. Ah, but there, it's in oh. Welsh. Ah, which means it's long. It's got a long <laughs> all the not, way around thing. Not, around. not a lot of uh, not not a lot of vowels. Not a lot of vowels. a lot of apostrophes. Mm. Ted Lasso season three premiere date has been set now at Apple. Are you all excited about that? It's a month. It's in soon one, March fifteenth. Day, yeah, yeah. Uh, new episodes, they'll they'll do as they often do, uh, three, what, two or three episodes up front, and then uh, weekly after that on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. And it's Wednesday drop. They usually do a Friday drop. They're mm, doing a Wednesday drop. Wednesday. Ted Lasso, trying to yeah. stake out some ground there. Uh, Twelve episodes, the uh, newly produced, promoted AFC Richmond, fa- oh, they got, they've got, oh, that's spoiler. For the end I of, didn't know that. For the Oh, no, that's the end of season two. Yeah, but I... Yeah. I Spoiler. Okay. okay, so they got they got promoted. Spoiler for two Sorry. years ago. Uh, faces ridicule. That's not a spoiler. As media predictions widely peg them as last in the Premier They got into the Premier League. Good for them. Mm-hmm. They got into <laughs> good, good, for the, good for them. Good for them. Good for the fictional, fictional characters. characters. Uh, anyway, um, there's a trailer. Yeah. I can't play it because they'll take us down. 
Because last thing Apple <laughs> no. would want us to do is promote them. The story here is that they thought they were going to get this last year and that they did a bunch of extra shoots. And Jason uh, Sudeikis, apparently, you know, he wants to do it right. I think he's maybe feeling the, the pressure a little bit of having such a high-profile show and wanting to yeah. have it be exactly right. And so there were a lot of there was a lot of talk about when it was actually going to start really rolling out because oh. they did yeah they did a bunch of extra stuff i think they expanded the season he owns all sorts the of stuff. ip of ted lasso right no he created it for no it's no? nbc doesn't it nbc oh. he, he, he did some of it before but then they were in the nbc ads and then the show is produced by what warner brothers so there's a lot of different ownership Others. going on in here as long as hannah's in it i don't care yeah, they're all they're all there <laughs> yeah they all know. I think everybody involved with Ted Lasso knows this is probably the thing they're going to be most Good associated with yeah. Yeah. in their careers, other than yeah. like Anthony Stewart Head, you know, sure, Buffy the Vampire Slayer maybe, but like basically everybody else. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the greatest TV show of all time. Of all time. Yep. I've heard. I've <laughs> been told. I, I haven't seen it. Heard it's good. It's really good. Run by a bastard yes well is it good now is it good now like does it did it age well i just you know some of it did some of it didn't but in general i think it is the model for a lot of the stuff that came after it's still pretty great modern tv ted lasso Lasso. is not a cowboy show despite its name just want you to know it's about soccer a sport that exists mostly outside the u.s (laughs) has it's the one you're not allowed allowed to use your hands that's That's how i remember it it's a, it's a foundation it's is getting another season yeah everything gets another season on apple tv you get another season <laughs> i just want to see season. severance season two that's all that's, i care I think that's did, did anyone finish foundation no not me i did john did Snell was it did. worth it yeah was it good yeah i thought it was okay eh, it was uh, I didn't, soporific i didn't love it but i didn't hate it every yeah, the moments of dullness were punctuated by moments of excitement. Okay. So, there know. was some stuff I liked. The Yeah, there was things I liked and things I didn't like. Yeah. 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 And then the it's problem was they were mixed together. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's always the problem. It is always the problem. They know that. That's why they don't like say, oh, skip this episode. This is the boring episode. We put the exciting they thing should. in the next episode. They should. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's every story that I want to do. Is there, uh, I guess that's it. Is there anything, <laughs> anything else anybody would like to add to this before we get to our picks of the week? I am going. Can we be, go ahead. can we be a little bit more arrogant at the top of these shows? We keep saying, oh, there's no, there's nothing to talk about. Everyone's going to be bored. But then we, we somehow managed to find a full docket of things to talk about. Usually, usually the stuff like the, 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 the Island of Misfit Toys stories, the yeah. ones that necess- not, wouldn't necessarily the be best at the top ones. of the list when there's a new iPhone being yeah. released. Yeah. Honestly. I say that firmly with tongue in cheek, because that, but that's hard to talk. Good point. About, right? So I think every show is a gem here. None of the show we yeah. wouldn't bother doing exactly. a show if it weren't going to be great. I would just go home. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> with your you're, charisma, you're almost Giancarlo Esposito. There, what do you want from me? I don't need this. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take my uh, Moscow Mule and get the hell out of here. That's all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm out of. <laughs> Call me out of here. Uh, before we get to our picks, please, folks, I'm in all seriousness now. We need your help. How would they do this on uh, on PBS? The, the work we do here is so very important, I think, to so many people. And some of them um, can't afford to help us. But you can. You should. Is that is that is that enough guilt I'm laying on you? <laughs> so here's the deal. 
maybe you've seen stories in Axios and elsewhere saying podcasting's over. Uh, maybe you saw the fact that Spotify pretty much fired everybody who bought all those podcasts last year <laughs> because it didn't work out. Advertisers are leaving in droves because, you know, $7 million in a Super Bowl, they don't got a lot left. We really rely on you, our listeners, to keep this ball rolling. So I thank, first of all, before I even say what I'm going to say, I want to thank all the people who have joined Club Twit because 6,000 strong, that's fantastic. But about 700,000 people listen to our shows every month. 700,000, that means we're not even getting 1% of you. So what I'd like to do is get that number up, if you would. Now, here, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you up front, it's 7 bucks a month. And you're going to say, that's a lot of money, Leah. What do I get for 7 bucks a month that I'm not already getting? Well, yeah, you get all the shows you get already, but you get them without ads. That's a start, right? Ad-free versions of all our shows. You also get shows that we do not put out in public. Now, we put out occasional episodes of Hands-On Macintosh with Micah Sargent and Hands-On Windows with Paul Throughout. We put those out uh, on occasion on YouTube. But there's many, many more. The Untitled Linux Show is also uh, exclusive to the club. So is the Giz Fizz. So you get extra content because the club pays for it. These are shows that don't have advertising, uh, can't get advertising because, frankly, they're they're just not good enough. So we want to enforce you to listen. No, that's not right. They are very good shows, but they just don't have the audience yet. They're brand new. Often what happens is shows like This Week in Space, which launched in the club, if you will, uh, generate enough of audience. We can put them out in public, and we do. So club members really are helping us start new programs they're helping us keep the lights on they're helping us keep people employed like john ashley he's not free i just learned he actually uh, we pay him so if you want to help us out i'd sure appreciate it him yeah we pay him both the johns uh handsomely i might add we also get there's more yes for seven bucks a month you also get access to the club twit discord which is more than just a chat room around the shows oh no my friends this is a place you can hang with other geeks and talk about everything from ads to beer to anime and autos and book clubs and coding and comics, fitness, gaming, <laughs> dogs in armchairs. Yes, there's a pet section, sci-fi. We have the book club, too, with Stacy. There's a lot more going on in there. It's really a community of wonderful people. <laughs> there's no tote bag. We thought about tote bags. We got the design and we said, yeah, maybe no tote bags. Uh, <laughs> those are good, though. <laughs> it's a nice try. Uh, we really appreciate our club members. We love you and we love hanging out with you. And we'd like you to be part of the group. Okay, that's all there is to it. Go to twit.tv slash club twit. Just a little belief. It's all it takes. Just believe, my friends. Yeah, actually, it turns out we tried that with PG and E, and they wouldn't. It didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Just believe we've paid the uh, utilities. <laughs> that is fantastic. Joe made the Mister Pruitt seal of disapproval. No, thank you, sir. Ooh, that is awesome, Joe. By the way, Joe, thank you for the mug. Joe sent me a mug too. Instead of we send you tote bags and mugs, you send us. That's how the club works. Wow. You send us tote bags. And mugs. <laughs> Seven bucks a month. <laughs> we should sell this as a sticker. It's a good idea. I love it. 
<laughs> uh, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. This is why the club's fun. Twitter.tv slash club twit, please. I beg of you, please. Uh, all right. I think this would be a good time to get some picks of the week. Since, Jason, since you're here, you're sitting right next right to here. me. Uh, I think we should get you to start these things off here. All right. Uh, hey, have you heard about Twitter? Um, <laughs> uh, they need, they, they, they're kind of hard up for cash these days. Don't and, give them eight bucks. Give us seven bucks. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what you should do is if you still like so much of my tech community has moved to Mastodon, but there are lots of things, sports writers, yeah, kinda, a lot of journalists yeah. that are still on Twitter. So I can't like completely Where else abandon are you get Twitter. Your Elon fix. 24-7. So uh, <laughs> give your three bucks to Jeff Johnson, who is a, a great Apple developer, for his web browser extension Tweaks for Twitter. Oh, what does it do? It's a Safari extension. It does, among the many things that it does, it will hide all the promoted tweets in your oh, timeline yay. in the web interface, which you're using now, right? Because they killed all the third-party Twitter clients uh, and a bunch of other things that it will just make <sighs> disappear from the Twitter website so you don't have to see them because they're in this financial trouble. They've ramped up how many oh boy, terrible yeah. sponsored posts that they have. How many pillows can one guy buy? Not, so not, I um, recommend, and, yeah. and, and Jeff Johnson makes some other great uh, software, uh, including a uh, Stop the Madness, which is a sort of universal blocker of a lot of garbage that's on the web uh, as a Safari extension. I think I use that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. But it's definitely, uh, it's worth it. I use it. It is, it is great. I had it turned off and I didn't realize it and I went to Twitter.com and I thought, <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh, and then I yep. uh, turned it back on. I updated it, turned it back on and then all the terrible things went away. So nice. if you need to be on Twitter, and make it go away uh, with uh, Tweaks for Twitter. Yeah, Tweaks for Twitter works in Safari and Chrome and, Chrome. and Chromium-based yeah, browsers. It's a, it's a cross-platform uh, browser extension. Nice. And there's a version for iOS, too, I believe. So, yeah, you can get it everywhere if you're if you're forced to use the Twitter website. $2.99. Tweaks. A bargain. For Twitter. Mr. Alex Lindsay, you got a pick for us there? I do, I do. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I've talked about the fact that I don't really do uh, laptops much anymore. I have a laptop, but it's not very <laughs> useful. Like it's, it's an old Air Intel, and so I needed some way to move my computer around. And I have a Mac Studio, and so I got this. Um, I thought I had done it before, but I, I got this little case. Oh, See, look, it's so cute. <laughs> it's like a little suitcase, and so this is the RL Soco. Um, it's a, it's a, it is a. A case for my my uh, Mac Studio, and it's got like a little opening, which I keep one of my little link <laughs> webcams but in. You could pieces in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so so you can, uh, and I've got you know it's got a little area on the top here. But so if you think that you can't move your computer around, what I do is I have all my monitors and everything else set up in one place. I just put them in here. I have a whole bunch of monitors on the other side because um, I only take this to the office. I don't really go anywhere else. Um, anyway, so um, so anyway, it's a great little case, and it actually you know I'm using it. All the time. You know, when I, anytime I go to the office and I need to work, I just take my Mac Studio with me um, just because the my willingness to buy a laptop to do it. The problem is, is that it'd be hard to find one that was as powerful as what I'm using. I usually use almost all the ports. Um, and so I, I looked at laptops and I just said, I'm just going to move this back and forth. So it's a nice little briefcase. It's like it's kind of cool. My, yeah, it's got, it, it, it works. You know, it's yeah. it, again, it, again, it was it was one of those things that I uh, when I do the uh, gray matter uh, gray matter show. Um, it is, uh, it, it needs the studio. I can't do it on a Mac mini. And so, cause I'm doing memo live and, and I'm bringing in a bunch of inputs and doing a bunch of things. And, and I just needed to move the studio around and it has, uh, it's turned out really well. 
And you so, got to assume there's a there's a there's a monitor where you're going, I guess, right? You don't carry. Well, a monitor I'm taking this around. to the office. You know, I don't. Yeah. I, I am. I'm going on a trip after today, <laughs> and I'll be gone until next week when I'm here. Oh. Um, but I, uh, I'll, I'll have a laptop. I'm not taking the studio with me that way. Um, but I usually just assume I'm not going to do very much. <laughs> like I'll, I'll <laughs> fill out forms and stuff like that. I, I don't really do real real work on look, graphics work on on a laptop anymore. They make one for the mini as well as the uh, studio, so you yeah. can choose your size. By the catchily named R.L. Soko. Yeah, I know. It's the worst name, but I, it, it, it works out really well. It's super solid. Um, again, I've been using it for over a month now, and, and I'm really happy with it. And, and again, I, it, it, if you're going back and forth, if you're being forced to go back to the office, and you're going back and forth, and you've started to buy Mac minis and studios instead, and now you have to go into the office, you can just have a monitor in the office and a monitor at home, and you just set it down and plug it in. And this, this is a little case that makes nice. it all work. So, yeah. I don't know why Amazon now puts up a sidebar showing me what I put in my cart at one point years ago. I know. It just remembers. It wants, just, to, wants to bring it back. You know, to you me. like that chocolate bar when you bought it for your mom in 2020. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to buy it again. <laughs> what the hell, Amazon? Amazon you has know. really become just this. It's, it's like a shopping mall or something. What's, it's got something called Clinic. What's that? It's got a clinic. <laughs> Amazon Clinic. They're also your drugstore. Oh, healthcare is a massage away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're moving wow. more towards services. Oddly, enough. how long before this title bar has everything you could ever want to buy ever? Last year. <laughs> yeah, last year. <laughs> it already happened. But you might not get the one you ordered. That's that's the problem. <laughs> everything you might want to buy, but you're going to look at it like it's. So I went online. I wanted some shoe polish. So I ordered yeah. four different colors of shoe polish. Came from four different sellers at four different dates. It's and the each one had a really thing. big box with a little thing of shoe kit. <laughs> yes. Every once in a while, I get these it's the huge same boxes, company shoe and polish. And it's like, well, someone ran out of boxes. Like they, it was they unclear that it was four different marketplace sellers selling one little thing of shoe polish. Yeah. I kept telling Lisa, I can't polish the shoes until they all come. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. Andy and Akko. You tap uh, top this thing off with your pick of the week here. You're the top. Well, this is for this is for people who uh, want to get some class uh, on the iPhone, musical wise speaking. Oh, uh, I'm so not. I I know Apple Music is going to add uh, add classical any, yeah. any day now. Prime Phonic, they bought them any day now. Yeah, there's so, supposedly like on sixteen point three people who like do this sort of thing uh, took apart the binary. And they found refer references to like messages to a, an app called Apple. Open this, open this, this music, this song in Apple classical music, and blah blah blah. So uh, maybe imminent with not with a capital m but eh, i mean they there's they're supposed they they bought the company in 2021 they, they promised that they'd have the the uh, the app in 2022 and still in 2023 okay fingers crossed uh but if you there is i just recently discovered a really interesting little niche music player called uh tempso t-e-m-p-s-o which is interesting optimized spotify and apple music player for classical music it is again it's very niche it's not going to take the place of your of the actual like spotify app or the apple music app but when you do a, it it does the sort of thing that you're we're hoping to see in an apple classical music app which is like if you want to see uh, beethoven's third symphony 
it's not necessarily that uh, I want to see like the, the the three most popular ones. It's like I want to see all the ones you have, and they say, "Ooh, what's what what's uh, what's the version that was directed by this person like? What's the version that was uh, performed by this orchestra like?" If it's like an opera recording, it's like you're you've got I got my favorite uh, favorite opera of uh, uh, Lucia de Lammermoor. And it's like the you listen to it performed by six different uh, sopranos, and it's six different versions of that character. And this app does one of the things it does very well is stuff like that. So you do a search, you do link it to your Spotify account or your Apple Music account, uh, and it will be a complete front end to that database. It will present you a list of. It makes it very very easy to navigate between different versions of a certain piece of music, or to drill down on here is one musician and here are all the different pieces of work they did. Um, now uh, it's free. Because it is kind of a labor of love project for the past couple of years of three, count them, three developers that aren't making money off of it. They would like you to donate money to help to help like fund uh, the support of this app. But it's not as though this is a data harvesting operation or they're trying to sell the service someplace else. As a result, it's kind of quirky and kind of limited. I'm surprised that if, if there is a way to say, wow, you found me a really interesting version of this aria. I would love to add it to my Spotify list. No, you can't add it to your Spotify list. So, okay, well, obviously uh, you you let me open this in Spotify. Well, no. So what am I going to do? Well, so you're probably you, going to. Um, it, it's a standalone app. Do you open it within Spotify or, by the way, um, you should tell the developers Spotify spell with an F. Because it says spotted T on the website, but okay. Um, again, again, it's three, a couple three of guys. <laughs> it's three, a couple three of people. Guys. Uh, yeah. love. No, I uh, love yeah. this idea. It, 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 I downloaded it immediately because I'm. Yeah. It's killing me. The Apple has, and Spotify, I presume too, has all of the music. It's just not, as you point out, the discovery is not well done. Yeah, you, you you link it to your link it to your account, and I think it basically opens streams uh, through Spotify. So I think you obviously need to have this the app great. installed in order to, for, to make great. it work. So, I so can like, see like all I said, it's, it's not a, yeah, this yeah. is nice. I like what it's, a, done. it's sort of th- think think of it as an alternative like search and navigation and discovery app for this existing yeah. service. Yeah. I would I would love something that was uh, that acted kind of like uh, kind of like an Apple classical music app where I don't I never have to leave it. But it's better than nothing, and it does scratch that itch that you have with cap- classical music, which is that I want to basically navigate. I want to see all the different ways that people interpret this one piece of music and find the one that really really gets to me on an emotional level. And this will help you do that, and it's free. That's cool. I want to give them money because I think this, uh, you know, I don't know when Apple's going to get Prime Phonic out, but uh, this is this is the kind of thing Prime Phonic would do. And yeah. this is the kind of thing Apple should do. But now that this is out, probably Apple says, well, we don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you do. You still have to do that. You made a promise. You made a promise. You told <laughs> us. You told us you'd do this. Uh, it is called Temposo. T- or, I'm sorry, Tempso. Tempso. They left out the O. T-E-M-P-S-O dot com. Tempso. Nice. Thank you. I am, I installed it immediately. Yay. I appreciate that. Wow. We have come to the uh, concluding uh, moments of this show, I'm sad to say. But I do thank you, Jason Snell, for driving up here. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't I, far. It wasn't far. And you have a nice light <laughs> computer you can take with you. That's right. So I, uh, it's next, very portable. It's great per- to be here. Nice we, to be here in person. So great to see you in person. Nice to see you in Take the whole some gang snacks with you on the way for the ride home. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
Jason is at sixcolors.com. If you go to sixcolors.com slash Jason, you'll see all the umpteen podcasts he hosts or participates in and yeah. all the other places he writes and like Mac you World. Can follow me on Mastodon at jsnell <gasps> at zeppelin.flight. By the way, we were talking about that because uh, Shelley Brisbane was on Twitter uh, on yes. Sunday. <laughs> And I said, what the hell is Zeppelin flights? And she says, well. It's Jason. It's, it's the Jason. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. Cause then, I, and then we know, got into a discussion about resist, airships because of I, that. I can't so resist a novelty uh, top-level domain. And Zeppelin dot flights was there. So Zeppelin.flights. <laughs> Just begging to be. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's it. That's so mine. you're at Jason at. Jasonell. At Jasonell. Yeah, I think you can find me. I mean, you, I think you'll I'm find already me following. And you. I'm on, yeah. I, I was. Were I'm you actually on? at twit.social and at forwards to my. Oh, my other thing, too. Yeah, okay. Cool. You didn't spell Zeppelin right, though. How many L's in Zeppelin? There's an E. <laughs> yeah, it's if you've led Zeppelin, top there a lot you of are. people, but that's Look, me. Yeah. So should I add you if I'm already following you on yeah, Mastodon? I mean, Twit Social or yeah. whatever it is. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, just, just check me out on, on Mastodon, too. There's his dog. There's Maisie and some horses. It's true. Then you'll know you're that's at the, the right spot. my house, yeah. No one else can have Maisie and some horses. No, in their header. I, I no machine learning. Stay away. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you making the trip. Thank you, Andy Anaka. When are you going to be on GBH next? Uh, next Thursday, twelve thirty. Uh, go to wgbhnews.org to stream it live, or stream it later, or stream any of the previous appearances I've done. Talk about tech on WGBH Boston Public Radio. I'm quickly rushing to hover.com to see if I can register balloon dot flights. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you. It's always a pleasure, Andy. Thank you. Mr. Alex Lindsay, officehours.global. The, uh, Alex's attempt to take over the universe with <laughs> well, one simple at least, show. At least entertain it. So, um, Super Bowl, so Super Bowl met, ads on the, we talked about Super Bowl. We talked about Super Bowl graphics. We get kind of, kind of geeky. So we, we don't really talk about the game. We just talked about like the lower thirds and, uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, you know, like, like, you know, like, let's talk about the important I things. I should have watched. Like, I'll like, tell you, there's been a huge revolution can. in the can. graphics over the last yeah. 10 years. You look at old football games, even from the, the 90s, and they look the so key bad. Key <laughs> Phil is, the, is, the, is what made the difference. Key <laughs> Phil. Where Being the screen able to actually starts to buzz when the when the Chiron yeah. comes on. Yeah, that's, there, yeah, there was so. that big moment where they realized that instead of having to do a ever crop everything in four by three because they were still broadcasting it in standard def of four by three, they said, "Oh yes, from now on our standard def broadcast will be letterboxed." And they embraced sixteen yeah. by nine, and it made such a difference because there was this whole side of the yeah, broadcast all this, that all they didn't use anymore. Play. Nice, yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, so it's um yeah we had a good we had a good conversation there. The um we had a great conversation yesterday with View Technologies. VU technologies, they make um, virtual sets, you know, so the LED wall sets, but the, the story is so good. He's like, they were in, they were in COVID, their business was going south and they were like, we're going to make an LED wall, but we don't, can't afford an LED wall. So they literally ordered the raw components from China, like, you know, and, and figured out how to build their own LED walls. Wow. So it was a, it was a great story. Is um, that great. bookshelf then, behind him real or fake? It's re- I think it's real. I think he was you actually can't tell. somewhere, but you can't tell. We don't know. You don't know. That's the that's the beauty but, of it. But if you want to yeah, do the Mandalorian in your living room now, you can't. See, I thought you meant Alex exactly. is behind Alex, and, and I, I think that's pretty much that's got to be fake, right? Like yeah, Alex exactly. is it's in front of a green bag. screen somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm in. I'm in uh, Taipei. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, and I, and by the way, Leo, I did I did do some re- mid journey renderings for you. So oh. we we started working on some of the coronation stuff. We got you know, oh, look at that! Logo. That's much nicer. Um, 
Uh, we have this one. It's embossed. It's made was, out of metal. And it has the word Rhino or Rhino on it. Well, yes. Royale version. <laughs> I love text in in in, in the journey. I love it. I know, it's I know. It's just like, and we will give you random text. Like, it's just like a, it's, just it is. Let's do gar- garbage. Gar- gar- Here's another I think one that's, that's got beautiful. Some, it's got some. Nature. It's got thistles and then Shreks. And then, Shreks. And then earlier, er, earlier, I may have we may have talked about something that I thought would be fun. So I'd put in Alex Nickelback, um, or not Alex Apple Nickelback. So there we go. Apple <laughs> is your Apple Nickelback. Okay. Um, another <laughs> Apple Nipple. It, it, those those apples are not apples. Pumpkin like, pumpkin like. I know exactly. That's a good one. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, put that I on like a that. put that on a black t shirt right now. Let's make that. Uh, <laughs> that's our thumbnail for the show for sure. So yeah, people who are I'll listening, that, ladies and gentlemen, I've just chosen my lower back tattoo. Thank you. You just have to there imagine it if you're listening to the audio. It's Nickelback and Apple together at last. And <laughs> I'll, I'll send it. Thank over. you. Thank you. And Alex Absolutely. will perform free at the uh, at the coronation if you ask him. Yeah, exactly. It'd be crazy. I don't know if they had somebody there just putting up mid journey images throughout. The- yeah, exactly. I'll just have mid journey images just going up. Just give me a couple of screens and I'll just. I swear to God, up. you could be the next light show. You could be the future, like just mid journey exactly. crap going on in the background. You know, I'm, I'm doing a keynote document right now. I got to do this, this slide deck, and I started building. And I was like, oh, I can't find the images that I want. And I was like, I wonder how many of these I can do in in, in mid journey. It turns out all of them. All of them. <laughs> like so, so like they all, look all these really images. good. I don't know. Uh, if you become a prompt yeah. master, I think you're the over, prompt master. Because those over, look uh, so good. Key to the operation is over a flat white background. Then ah. you just remove the background. So you just do, I want this object or this person over a flat white background. Ah. And uh, and you end up with um, something that you can remove background on in. Uh, Easily. In uh, yeah. Keynote. Yeah. <gasps> so so cool. it's super useful. More uh, keynote tips next week with Mr. Alex Lindsay. If you want to hire him, he's available for your next rock and roll show or your next streaming event, 090.media. And if you're interested, uh, absolutely highly recommend officehours.global. Just always worth checking in. There's so much stuff. So much. I want to listen to audio pathology tomorrow. I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. It's really looking, it's it's some, uh, some of our audio folks are going to be talking about when something goes wrong with your audio, here's yeah. how you, here's how you identify what the problem is and here's wow. how to fix it. And, and here's what, so it's, it's uh, usually a pretty good. And the live sports BTS is that with somebody who works in a truck. So, so that's happening in our after hours. That's not happening in office hours mm. right now. And, or it will be on Friday, but it's mm-hmm. happening right now in after hours. And then we're going to have a second hour talking about it. So someone is, um, Jeff Keithley is actually doing an event. And you get to, you get to kind of see what he's doing in that event, and so in the after hours you can sit there and just listen to comms and watch the watch them work on it, and then they'll talk about it more specifically on Friday. So it's pretty. Nice. It's going to be a great great hour. Wow, love it. Yeah. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. We do Mac Break Weekly Tuesdays, eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern time. That's nineteen hundred UTC. You can watch us do it live at live.twit.tv or listen live. There's audio and video streams. You can also chat live at irc.twit.tv. Club members can chat in the Discord. Uh, we watch both, so comments from uh, from both are appreciated. After the fact, on-demand versions of this show and all the shows we do available at twit.tv. In the case of this show, it's twit.tv slash mbw. Uh, you can also go to twit.tv's uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash twit, at twit, I think. And uh, when you do that, you'll find uh, links to the MacBreak Weekly show on YouTube and all the other shows. Each of the shows has their own YouTube 
channel. Of course, while you're at the website, you might also want to subscribe. That's probably the best way to get the show. Pick your favorite podcaster, Pocket Casts, Overcast. I think Marco Arment said he wanted to be on the show. So we're trying to get him on the 28th. He's great. We'll see. You're not going to be here on the 28th. I'm, I'm out the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going? New Zealand. Oh, that sounds like fun. Do you own sheep? Uh, not yet, but okay. that seems <laughs> that's the plan. likely. That's part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. What's weird is Check. Richard Campbell, who is the, uh, the co-host on Windows Weekly, has dual citizenship and owns sheep in New oh. Zealand. So he might be down there at the same time. I think he's going on his way. Nice. Look for Richard. He's hard to miss. Okay, I'll look for yeah. him amid the sheep. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being here. Now, I'm sad to say it is my uh, duty to tell you get back to work because break time is over. See you next time. (laughs) Where'd that come from? Hey, folks, I'm Ant Pruitt. And what do you get your favorite tech geek that has everything? A Club Twit gift subscription, of course. Twit podcasts keep them informed and entertained with the most relevant tech news podcasts available. With the Club Twit subscription, they get access to all of our podcasts ad-free. They also get access to our members-only Discord, access to exclusive outtakes, behind-the-scenes, and special content such as AMAs, which I just love hosting, plus exclusive shows such as Hands on Mac, Hands on Windows, and the Untitled Linux Show. Purchase your geek's gift at twit.tv slash club twit, and it will thank you every day.